Hello, everyone. We're back. Hi, welcome back. Hello. Hello. We're continuing on in the tomb of annihilation. And at the end of last session, we made it about halfway through level three, the vault of reflection, braving the terrible dangers, not so much from combat, but from the traps with Zinhorn having a near miss. Just it just narrowly escaping death at the cost of Obelaka in his head. And as the purple alien growth of the Beholder gathered around you and the Beholder watched with its eye stalks tracking your every move, you made it about halfway through the level with minimal casualties before you decided to head back upstairs to the staff-only area of level 2 to take a well-deserved rest. And so, I would like to begin, as you have that rest, with Zinhorn, please make a, uh, please make a history check, Zinhorn. History? Uh... Oh, that's a good start. That's a 16. 16? Nice. So, Zinhorn, during the rest, as you settle down, clear a space in Wither's office and begin to meditate, you're, you let your mind drift and wander, perhaps willing it to escape from this terrible place to find any sort of refuge from the almost almost permanent oblivion that you just suffered mere hours ago and unbidden what rises up in your mind is a memory of your past a memory of Bakumora you are but a child you stand uh, in the doorway between your bedroom and the uh, main den of the small uh, wooden swamp cabin that you and your family inhabit. You're listening in to the conversation between your parents and Fatari, the arch-druid who serves as the de facto ruler of the Bakumora. Your mother's voice is hushed, almost a whisper. Lord Vitari, we have no idea the extent of Rasnasi's power. It could be that if he intended as much, he could simply march into our swamp and crush us under heel. Vitari nods and says, This is why I'm sending you to Mesro with the hopes that perhaps with allies standing beside us, we would be adequately protected against Rasnasi's onslaught. But, as I I have been experiencing visions granted by granted by beings that know what is to come to pass, I suspect more will be necessary. Your alliance with Mesro may benefit us for a time, but we need 
more adequate protection against Rasna Sif. That's why, after you leave, I will be enacting the ancient rites to poison the swamp to outsiders and ensure that none can cross our borders. Your mother gasps and she says, But Lord Fatari, you don't have the power alone to sustain such a spell, not unless you... Fatari cuts her off and says, The beings that can see what is to come to pass have granted me with the knowledge of another way. Rather than using my own life energy, the druids of our village would willingly donate theirs. And... Your mother cuts him off and says, Please, don't say such things. Well, I'm sure the inhabitants of our village would willingly throw away their lives. Let's not... Let's not discuss such... Such terrible things. Let us wait and see what the King of Mesro, what the Chosen of Uptow are to say. Perhaps... Batari cuts her off again and says, I already know how things are to come to pass. I feel that... This is the necessary way, as much as I wish it weren't so. Zinhorn, you blink, you are once again in Wither's office, back in the present, allowing the implications of your memory to work themselves out in your mind. Do you have anything you'd like to say? So he foresaw what was going to happen, and he sent them off. Sent them to... off in sent them off to Mesro to to gather an alliance, but seems to feel that this would, in the end, result in nothing beneficial for the Bakumora, and seemed to have set his mind on a darker perhaps more dramatic course of action. So, did he know what was going to happen in Mesra, or was he just saying what was going to happen in general? You never got... You, you, you puzzle it over in your mind, and you're not quite sure what exactly he meant. Did he foresee what was to happen in Mesra, or was he simply speaking generally and what of these beings that gave him this knowledge as far as you were aware the druids of your homeland worshipped uptel like most of the other civilizations of mesro there were no multiple beings no plurality it was just uptel so who or what was he conferring was there anything in the vision like in the background like any pictures on the wall, anything that would give hint of something other than what druids would normally have. No, not that you can recall. Your house was decorated with monuments to Uptow and artworks and trinkets depicting the salamanders that people of Bakumora lived alongside, did everything with, but there was nothing in the memory to suggest that there was worship of any other entity. Perhaps this would explain the concern in your mother's voice as she argued with 
Vitari. Hmm. Binhorn's just over in a corner, just druid crafting while he thinks. Feel like there's a full like little flower bed right in front of him out of nowhere. Yep, and something to honour his parents, who he just had the clearest memory of in perhaps centuries. Um, so we now switch over to Alessandra or Bobbin, who I believe is currently in control of the body, as mm-hmm. M2 had some stuff that he wished to do during this rest mm. period. Yes, uh, very briefly before everyone was going to bed, uh, Bobbitt basically, well, both Alessandra and Bobbitt decided with all the crap that they've been finding so far and stuff they might find to come, basically just, you know, Bobbitt goes over to, like, wherever they're staying in the room and just starts unloading stuff out of her pockets, like, is, like, spends, like, a good five, ten minutes just going through each pocket, just pulling out stuff one at a time, just bits and pieces, like, you know, there's like sacks of uh, bullets, there's, you know, the uh, random candle that she found, keys, like literally just throwing stuff out, like bags of, of more black powder, the Goblin War mask, pretty much everything that isn't um, like spell scrolls and potions and the uh, stuff that she wants to, like, you know, the cursed stuff or the uh, magical stuff that she wants to attune to. So it's just literally just unlike Zinhorn, who has like a lovely flower bed in front of him while he's, you know, dealing with what he's dealing with. There's just a monument of just absolute garbage of everything Alessandra's picked up or Bobbitt's picked up. Just like, you know, yeah, this is gunpowder, and this scroll of communication, put that back in, just pulls out like a small library's worth of books, you know, pulls out a random gold trophy and goes, oh, yeah, that's from the dino race. If I still have the other one. Ah, oh, oh, <laughs> right. Silver. Ow. And, um... After dealing with all of that, pretty much just kind of sits quietly and reads to herself for a little bit until everyone else has gone to sleep, I'm guessing. Or Zinhorn's meditating, everyone else yep, is asleep. Deep in meditation. Everyone else eventually goes to sleep, mm. though, judging by the pained whimpers they make. They are troubled by nightmares. Yes. Yes, however, whilst moving all the other stuff around, she also, while reading, was taking the time to attune to the uh, Black Skull necklace that she picked up from Withers. Yes. And looking around the room, basically, like, looks around, makes sure everyone's asleep, and decides to give it a test run. Oh, God, I hope you end up in the fucking Beholder's room. (laughs) <laughs> no, I can choose where I go, thank you very much. <laughs> I can only go to places that I can see. It's up in the beholder's room. Yep. Aha, funny, adorable, moving along. <laughs> so from where we are in the room, the hallway with the tridents. Yes. Can cut off I reach by that the, from here? Cut off by the uh, curtain of water, indeed, you can reach it. It is hmm. within 100 feet from here. So, yeah, so... She's first going to make herself invisible, just in case anyone catches wind of what she's planning. And whilst invisible, we'll first creep over to where Onyx is sleeping. And what are you planning to do? Well, as we recall from the last episode, a certain someone found a holy symbol that she was interested in and got told flat out that she wasn't allowed to have. That counts as a challenge. 
Of course. <laughs> so, while he's asleep, and I'm guessing he just sort of has it in the bag, I'm guessing I have to roll a stealth yeah, or a sleight of hand. Go ahead on and roll a sleight of hand check with advantage because he is asleep. Uh, that's a 15. 15. Later on, when he awakens, he will have the opportunity to detect it's gone and he'll have to beat 15 to notice. So as okay. Onyx moans and snorts in his sleep, you creep over his body to his bag and you begin rifling through it. And there you see it, the holy symbol of Bahamut, the golden draconic hmm. face with pearls for eyes. You reach in and take it. I take a very brief moment to just simply stick her tongue out at Onyx while he's asleep. And then I'm going to take the Black Skull amulet for a test ride. Yep place your hand over the black skull amulet envision the water hallway in your mind and teleport please roll a d100 no no i have to roll constitution oh first. yes you have to I roll what's the rules yes, you do. yes. D yeah d16 yeah, 16 dc con save should save that's the one Alrighty. please don't fry me off the bat that is exactly a 16 okay no ill effect as you clasp your hand around the amulet, suddenly you feel running water lapping against your feet and ankles, and you are standing in the northern part of the watery hallway. The weapons and tridents still gleaming on the wall, just waiting for someone to take them. We took all the tridents. Well, you didn't take the second no, set no. that was in the northern hallway. Oh, there was a second set in the northern hallway? It was, yeah. yes, to allow mm -hmm. you to pass back through the curtain, which is why I assumed you were keeping them there, but Bobbit decided she wants to take all of them. She oh, I reasons. missed when you... I missed when you... Mm. So, I'm assuming... Am I still invisible despite still teleporting? still invisible, yes. <sighs> yeah, just still looks down, makes sure she's still invisible, makes it, like, literally is, like, because she knows exactly what this thing does, it's so, like checking over herself quietly does a small jump for joy and then starts quietly moving the uh tridents off the wall and putting them into her coat pockets one by one so as you begin to remove the tridents from the wall i would like you to make a perception check please oh hooray my my worst skills <laughs> Um, 12. 12. Just enough. As you remove the first trident off the wall and stow it into your bag of holding, you hear somewhere to the north the sound of a stone door opening, followed by the thick, echoing footsteps of something moving down the hallway towards yeah, the second I hear room. that yeah. the second I hear that I'm going to very quietly walk up the wall and hide on the roof because I don't idea. know what that is and want nothing to do with it you finish putting away the trident and you immediately run to the nearest wall and hide up on the roof and then you wait the footsteps grow louder and louder as whatever coming from the north slowly gets closer to your location and then you see it as it steps into the water you see its back 
returned to you. The figure from the font room. Oh, fuck, it the, got out. The creature that almost brought you, almost brought Zinhorn to his death, and indeed would have if he did not have Obalaka. Its back still turned to you. It makes its way into the watery hallway, moves about halfway down the hallway, <coughs> mere feet from where you are on the roof. And still, its back turned to you. It begins to look around, left to right, up and down, scanning the room with its deformed, twisted face. Every time its gaze moves towards your direction, you close your eyes shut so you don't stare at its face. Like you to make a stealth check with advantage, please. Okay. That's a twenty-two. A twenty. I'm not celebrating because I know how checks go in this place. <laughs> you sit there on the roof as still as possible, your eyes shut tightly. The creature, the thing, whatever it is, continues scanning for you. You can hear what sounds like laboured, rattling breathing coming from it. <laughs> As it slowly looks around, this continues on for what seems like hours, though in reality is mere minutes. And then, seemingly satisfied, begins to slowly step back the way it came. Moves back into the hallway to the north, and a few minutes later, you breathe a sigh of relief as you hear the sound of the stone door being pulled shut once again. Ah, this might have been my best idea ever. <laughs> okay, so after like gives it another minute, just just cuddle up on the roof. And then just very slowly climbs back down, grabs the rest of the tridents and decides to uh, return to the others to make sure that no one's noticed that she's gone. Yep, so you snatch the rest of the tridents off the wall and then clasp your hands around the black skull amulet once again. Please roll your constitution save. Uh, oh dear. That, that's it. That's a 12. Okay, go. Please roll a d100. Well then. Potential backfire. Oh, nice. 69. 69. Nice. <laughs> Perhaps I'm appropriate to this number, you find oh, yourself no. standing once again in Wither's room, but you're feeling quite cold. A draft of wind buffets you. You look down and no. realise you are wearing nothing but the amulet of the Black Skull. Oh, oh damn it! you right. <laughs> no, no, Bobbit literally just sits there and goes, Ah, crap! Like, just without even looking at anyone else or caring if anyone else is asleep. You quickly... Uh... You shout, Ah, oh, crap! And then rush out of the door rush into the room where the tomb dwarves took their off hours, grabbing tattered cloths and 
tattered cloths uh, and torn bits of rags off the tables, wrapping them around yourself, fashioning them into a very ill-fitting set of clothing. And by the time you return to Wither's office, everyone else is well and truly aroused from their sleep. Well, someone looks a little different. <laughs> Is it saying anything? Just looking very sheepish and very concerned about our current situation. So I will. Just sits over with his uh, thing, not even looking at her. Just, just knows it's because uh, he kind of saw her run out. So I, I will clarify that. Bobbit slash Alessander, you are carrying nothing. All of your possessions are gone. You don't know where. And as Onyx awakens, I'd like Onyx to make a perception check, please. Yeah, you watch this will be his nat 20 for the fucking day. Come on, Kiddos. <laughs> nah, that's a one. Ah, uh, that, that's three. Yep, so, yeah, you're probably two. Oh, just... What about passive perception? I've got it. Uh, what's your passive? Oh, what's your passive? 11? 11. No, no, no. no. Okay. Um, yeah, because you have to beat 15. So perhaps you're too distracted by Bobbit waking up. Too busy everyone. laughing at her. Yeah, waking up seemingly having lost all of her possessions, wearing ill-fitting rags that you don't think to check your packet. If you do, you don't notice that the symbol of Bahamut is gone. Mm. Meanwhile, Ava is just looking over at at Bobbit with a look of concern on her face and says is everything okay my baby and Sir Lucian just exchanges looks with Onyx and says serves yourself right for going off on your own wait Bobbit didn't say she went off on her own yet oh whoops (laughs) Sir Sir Lucian serves you right Sir Lucian just nods and says I rest my case (laughs) <laughs> right so, everybody we've got a floor to clear yep <laughs> Bobbit has her spells but nothing else um, he doesn't even have a spellcasting focus no nope. nice spellcasting well actually if I don't have anything technically I wasn't attuned to the black shard amulet I could have pulled that out with the rest of my junk yeah, yeah, all the yeah, all the junk that you left behind is still here, but everything else is gone. So you still, yeah, you weren't attuned, you did unattune to the to the amulet that is your spellcasting focus. So that you are luckily still able to use. <laughs> just seeing the the black skull around her neck is gone. This is bad. This is bad. That was all my good stuff. Uh, just so casually listening while there's a certain certain frog probably in her head yelling at her right now. Yeah, yeah, Nang Nang's just going, you fool, all that wealth gone. Now we have to start the palace fund again. I'm sure it's not, like, gone, gone. Maybe it's somewhere else so we just have to find it. Meanwhile, so in, Onyx's, in, in Onyx's head, uh, Wongo is just laughing and saying, serves the little wealth right we should, we should bash her to the ground right here and now to punish her for her audacity, and she would be able to defend herself. 
And I say back to Wongo in my head, yeah, but now she's defenseless. That's like punishment enough. She has to live with that. Suit yourself to me. This calls for a display of might. Might makes right. So does yeah. someone wish to explain where they went off to on their own? And why they came back with less than what they left with? Uh, mm. Mm. Fine, fine. Bubba tried using the the points to the skull amulet. When Bubba tried using the thing to go back to that room with all those tridents, because actually, okay, he gets about halfway through the explanation, Alessandra just takes over and just goes, "Okay, I don't think we need any more childish ramblings. I'll take it from here." <laughs> Do you have any idea how annoying it is having not one but two voices in your head demanding that you steal everything of value that's not nailed to the floor? Oh, it's the, my, this. my voice is doing like that. <laughs> yeah. Your your previous voice would have not had any part of it. Your current voice simply says simply says, hmm, well it was unplanned. That I can admire. Be impulsive. Keep them guessing. That's how you win. So, uh, oh, pardon me. After uh, I've been listening to that insufferable frog rambling in my head ever since we had to give up all that money to pay off that annoying skull. Thought that room full of magical tridents, usually magical items like the weapons like that, fetch a decent price. We thought maybe if we freed up some space, we could take them with us. I will admit this was not part of the plan at all and I now seem to have to try and find all of our things again but <laughs> if nothing else it appears on the dark shot amulet at least it's not a complete loss snaps her fingers and casts mage armor on herself not yes. entirely defense not entirely undefended but this will be very annoying hopefully it's all in the same place if nothing else so what exactly did you lose onyx asks Again, Bobbitt comes back in and is basically like, well, there was her stuff, all of her stuffs, money, all of her potions she had in her pockets. Oh, no, my flute was in my pockets. I left that in there because I thought it would bring me luck. And oh, the tridents I picked up plus the one. Oh, no, wait. Looks over and just sees like the one or two on the wall that... Onyx refused to take off it going, no, I still got those ones. Uh, <laughs> there was... No, took our armor off. The scroll of commu that, that scroll that we were using to communicate with the people outside. All of her other spell scrolls. Uh, Alessandra, did we... Just sort of pauses and just stops talking and looks at Onyx and goes back to trying not to make eye contact with him. So I will just say... Can that I insight? You can make an insight check, and I will just say that as per the description of the magic item, your possessions are transported to a random point of the DM's choice within a hundred feet of where you teleported. Which is great, they can be fucking anywhere, both above yep. and below. Yep. I got a 15 in insight. Yep. Do I have to... Do I have to roll anything for that, or do I just tell him what he can see with you 15? Just, you just tell him what he can see. 
This is Bobbit. She is definitely hiding something. What else did you lose, child? Fine, fine. I took your stupid thing that you wouldn't let her take yesterday. The dragon thingy. Yep, you definitely deserve this. And I walk to the door and wait for everybody. <laughs> I like Bolt better than him. Uh... Wait, and just sort of stops and goes, Wait, no, Bob would have yelled at me too. Ava's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just looking over with folding her wings together, with giving you a look that's, you know, the, the look that says that she's not angry at you, just disappointed. Bob's gonna find her stuff. Ali, do you want to switch places? Nope, she's she's not Zin, answering. Zin how good. She's met too. Zeno just goes mm-hmm. over to Bobbit and goes, "Well, this is unfortunate, but next time you're going off plan, let me know." <laughs> Bobbit was only going to be gone. Bobbit was only gone like a few minutes. Well, she would have been back quicker if. And just looks really scared at Zeno going. That thing that was in the room, it it goes for walks. Mm-hmm. Zinhorn goes back to his corner and just... <laughs> <laughs> in, in your head, Bobbit, Moa just says, I must agree with your companions. A fitting punishment for not being truthful. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I had to step away for half a second. What was that? Moa, in, in your head, Moa just says, I must agree with your companions. A fitting punishment for not being truthful. No, Bobbit wasn't lying. She just didn't tell them she was going really quickly. If I, if Bobbit told them, they'd all tell her to stay put. Hmm? <laughs> exactly just says right, he, child. Zinhorn used yeah. to be uh, very cautious, but now seeks random adventure. <laughs> yeah, Zinhorn's down well, even if that thing is yeah. there. So, well, what could be more random than finding all of Bobbit's stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like you've got a random adventure now that you have to go on. So, uh, from here, there are two ways down to level three, the Vault of Reflection. You could take the staff-only staircase. Before, or before you, we move yep. anywhere, yep. was any of the stuff that Bobbit had magical? Um, yes, yes. some of it was... <laughs> A large number of the code itself that most of my that pretty much all my stuff was in that was magical. Yes, so, Zinon yep. goes, if you would uh, bear me ten minutes, I can uh, perform a detect magic ritual mm-hmm. to see if anything of your stuff is within 30, uh, 30 feet of where we are, and it lasts for ten minutes, so we can go for a walk. Okay. Was it where a hundred feet from where he transferred? from or to or you don't know it could be but in the background so lucian is just saying i say we let her find it and stumble upon it ourselves but knowing that our survival depends on her having her stuff go ahead to cast the ritual just in case it's nearby so zinhorn casts a detect magic ritual and you detect no magical items within 30 feet of here, but your spell is kept active, so maybe, maybe, you might detect the magic items 
as you venture through this level. So it's the yep. this is the one I definitely yeah, apart from the instant death, this was like the one I definitely didn't want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so kudos. So of course that would be the one I rolled. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Worth it. Fuck it. Let's go. So, uh, would you like to take the staff only staircase down, or would you like to descend through the main stairwell, which is how you got up here in the first place? Um. I feel like we need to go back to the main stairwell. Yes, that's fair mm. enough. So you, Onyx is just yep. following impatiently because he knows that to survive he does need the others. Yes, and he also does <laughs> um, need Bobbit to fight her stuff. Dumb question. Yep. We've basically confirmed for most of this time that Blinky's been essentially living in, in like, hiding in her coat, yeah, right? Because Would Blinky's... he have gone with it? Yeah, he's gone. You could summon him if you you could you could cast. No, no, no. Can I communicate with him? Because yeah, if you... I'm capable of communi- if I'm capable of communicating, it says if your familiar is within a hundred feet of you, you can communicate with it telepathically. Yes, you can. So if I can communicate with, with it, I could hopefully find out where she it is. Yeah, as you make your way, you make your way towards the main staircase and begin to climb down. Bobbit shuts her eyes as she communicates with Blinky slash Blinkette. Blinkette <laughs> is frightened. She tells you that she tells you that one second she was having a nice peaceful sleep in the folds of your coat when suddenly a great deal of force rocked the coat, jostled her awake, shifted her from pocket to pocket, and you seemingly disappeared. Bubba is sorry. She probably should have warned you before we started doing that. Where did you end up? Please tell Bubba. Bubba is scared. Blinky says that she can't exactly tell you where she is because the moment she tried to crawl out of the coat, she detected what she simply describes as Big Blinky. Ducked oh, back into the coat. I love my stuff in there. Well, everyone else just sees Bobber just here, but just goes, stay quick, stay out of sight. Please, please stay safe. Everyone else just sees Bobber just sort of stop walking and just look absolutely devastated. Oh! <laughs> oh! What? Oh, randomly chosen by the DMI fucking ass. Because yeah, oh! you knew I'd put it in there. <laughs> um. <laughs> you just see Bolt just looking really, really upset. I mean, she was already upset with the loss of stuff going. Oh. And then almost instantly, Alessandra takes over and going, hmm, takes over, because it's like, okay, that's enough of those antics for today. Oh, dear. Well, good news, everyone. I now know where all of my stuff is. Hmm? Oh. And? Oh. <laughs> well, you know how there's a beholder somewhere on this floor? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, that would be the bad news. <laughs> okay, so well, you better have to get our stuff back because um, I had two of the, those <laughs> oh, little stone. Bo- 
Thank you, Dale. Thank you so much. And oh, I love you so much. <laughs> I'm not saying that we should. I know everyone's going to be like, fuck me and let's not get the stuff back. But I had two of those little beholderized women to be searching for in my coat. So, yes. Well, yeah. through some. Yeah, that is that is correct. Um, Luckily, there are more than eight on the level because ah, some of them it. are quite hard <laughs> to find. But yeah, you now have to find. Instead of finding three more, you now have to find five more. So. Um, so, you have several places to go as you emerge in the main hall, in the main corridor, the purple mould covering most of the balcony, and as you descend down into the balcony, you see lots of, you see 10, 20 little eye stalks poking out of the, uh, out of the purple moss watching you descend, all of them seemingly focused on Bobbit. And as you... noticing this immediately goes invisible. <laughs> <laughs> as you reach the balcony, the ice stalks jiggle as if laughing and then sink back down into the moss. Where would you like to go? You have a completely unexplored passageway to the west. Otherwise, down to the south, you have the room with the wooden platforms. And you also have a tiny, you also have a crawl space in the southernmost uh, water hallway that you haven't yet checked out. <sighs> I'm, I'm not voting for anything. I've done all the damage I'm going to do today. You say that now. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Laugh, laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> Can, can Onyx just poke his head around the corner and look down the hallway down here? Sure. Just to see if he can poke his head. I'd like you to make a stealth check, please. Yep, there we go, of course. I can do that. I, I now have plenty uh, of stealth. Yeah, you uh, have stealth in fucking weeks. Oh, that's a natural 20, so oh, that, would be a, that would be a 30 for stealth. Okay, so <laughs> Zinhorn pokes his head around and disappears. corner. <laughs> And hmm. Zinhorn, you see a wide hallway. The floors, just like everywhere else in this place, covered with the alien mould grown by the beholder. In the hallway itself, you see... Oh, is room 41 in the book? There we go. Two hulking figures stand in alcoves along this long hall, facing each other. Armour is bolted to their flesh, and they wear bucket helms and spiked gauntlets. Iron collars around their necks are connected by a spiked chain that stretches across the corridor. At the end of the corridor, you see double stone doors, and there is also another smaller hallway that branches off to the north, about halfway down. The two tomb guardians have not no, not detected your presence. Being invisible. It's all I'm doing <laughs> until I get my shit back. <laughs> Come back around and explain what I see to the others. So, you know that there are tomb guardians ahead. You'll likely have to face them if you make your way down this corridor. Where would you uh, like to go? Um, well, there's plenty of places we need to go down here by the looks of it, so... 
Um, I do not want to change change this. Uh, would I be able to cast hypnotic pattern right in front of them? Yes, you can. That um, would start combat though, because it could fail. That's true. Um. Let me look up hypnotic pattern again. <laughs> um, so they would need to make a wisdom save, and if they fail, they become charmed for the duration of the spell. Hmm. Incapacitated. Yeah. Uh, incapacitated has a speed of zero. It's a wisdom saving throw. What's my pass? It's a 16. Uh... If everyone was ready, would we get a surprise round if it failed? Um, or would well, they get a surprise round if it failed? No one would get a surprise round, except for Bobbin, who would be invisible. Would my stealth just... help me with that? Well, no, your stealth has helped you to know that they're there, and if you'd like to attack them now, you could get a surprise round. Um, I just realized that without my headband of intellect, my intelligence is back down to like 15. Uh, just, just leave me, leave me. <laughs> Poor um, <laughs> I don't even have a stick to hit people did, with anymore. <laughs> what did you do to my bobbit? <laughs> I lost all my stuff. We didn't, we, we didn't do anything to Bobbit. Yeah, this was all me. I took a gamble. I lost. Bobbit, Bobbit just... stole from me and then decided to be reckless. <laughs> Bobbit Not decided reckless. to go off on her own to get treasures that the party left behind and ended up triggering the curse on her black skull amulet, which made all of her stuff teleport to the Beholder's room. Yup. Okay. <laughs> now, do you want to go back to bed now? Because we won't blame you. <laughs> I, I, I described I described Ava as giving her a look that suggested she was not angry at Bob, but just disappointed. That's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> right. oh. Okay. Um. Worth it. So Zinhorn, not wanting to uh, go along with plans, is going to uh, cast Flame Blade and charge towards Tomb Guardian Two. All right, very well. I'd like you all to roll for initiative, please. Okay. I was going to ask some questions. You can ask some questions. Uh, can Bobbit use weapons? Yes. Simple weapons, yes. Simple weapons, yes. Fine, I have magic. Thankfully, I, I kept one of my spell focuses with the rest of my stuff in the room. So I can at least do spells. I'll just stay out of melee range until I get my stuff back. Yep. And what you've got are mage some weapons again? So clubs, stabs, daggers. Short swords, I believe. No, no, not short no. swords. No. Martial orphaness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, mar martial and finesse. Yeah. Uh, dagger, great club, hand axe, javelin, light hammer, mace, quarterstaff, sickle, spear, or That's a club. Correct. And she does I have know, mage just... armor. Yeah, so I got badly, so I'm not completely defenseless, I'll just stay at the back. Yeah, cast spells, stay out of melee range, you should be okay. I can just hide on the roof and throw spells at people, I'll be okay you for could. now. 
So, uh, yeah, so I'd like everyone to roll for initiative, and you will be getting a surprise round. Nine. Nine. Twenty-two. Wow. Doesn't matter, Zinhorn's gonna go first. Yeah, Zinhorn is going <laughs> first. Twenty-five. Yep. Wow, low roll, huh, buddy? Yeah, I got a fourteen. Oh, it's <laughs> nothing. I rolled a nineteen to get that, to get three underneath you. <laughs> So yeah, Zinhorn, you're up first. You charge against you charge to Tomb Guardian 2 with Flame Blade. Yep. And uh, That is a 16 to hit. Unfortunately your flame blade bounces off its plate armor and doesn't hit. <laughs> but Ijin's voice in your head whispers, I like this plan. And what plan I say back? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It, it is now Alessander's turn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, still invisible. Uh, we're already in the hallway, aren't we? Yep. No. Wait. No, I you're, you're will... not. Nope. You're still invisible. Okay. Well. Good. Good. Well. Uh, let's see. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. So take twenty to get to about here. Yep. If I go like on the wall or on the, can I get onto the roof from here? If I with my fifteen feet of movement, fifteen feet, you'll get close to the roof, five feet well, away okay. from it. So That's fine. I'll head up there and then I will throw a firebolt at uh, Guardian Number One. Go ahead. You've got advantage. Hooray! Okay, that's twelve plus. I should remember the freaking number. Tell myself this every single week. No, 12 plus 9, so that's 21, so I'm imagining that's, that hits. Yep, that's a hit. Roll damage, double it, because they're weak to fire. That's why we're doing firebolts. Or 10, so that's 20 points of fire damage. And 20 points? Because so... I, I didn't attack, I'm not I'm not invisible anymore, yep. but I'm still towards so the roof. Both of the Tomb Guardians have disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the end of their next turn. Furthermore, because oh. they are chained together, the damage you deal gets divided equally amongst both of them, so ten damage to each. Huh. As the fi- as the as your firebolt heats the chain that binds both of them together, and they both groan in obvious discomfort. It is That's now Ava's turn. Okay. Um I can't use two spells in a round, can I? I don't think you can, no. Even if one's a bonus and one's an action? Well, you can. Uh, yeah, you actually, can then. You can do that. Yeah, that one you can. Okay. Alright, um, I will move somewhere where I can see them. Yep, so you just to the end of the stairs. I'll dispel number one. No, no, I, that's Talonpars, I think. Well, actually, you guys haven't tried to use the spell magic on these. You don't know what will happen. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. We, we haven't tried that. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I said that. Yep. Carry on. So you cast a spell magic on Tomb Guardian 1. Tomb Guardian 1 begins to rattle, obviously feeling some sort of force, and he's going to make a con save, which he passed with a 23. A oh, couple motherfucker. Yes, yeah, so unfortunately yeah. he is still animate, but a couple patches of armor fall off his body, reducing his armor class. Oh. Okay. There you go. I will uh, cast 
Hunter's Mark as a bonus action. Lovely. On, on number one. Number one. It is Sir Lucian's turn. Sir Lucian charges past you up to Tomb Guardian 1, and he goes to hit it with his sword. So that is D20 plus 11. That is a non-nat 20, so he hits. He deals 12 points of damage to it, which is divided equally, so 6 points of damage to both. He goes again, he hits, and deals another 6 points of damage to both Guardians. Solid. It is now Onyx's turn. Onyx is going to run up to the other side of... Uh, to just in front of Ava. Yep. And he's going to cast Chaos Bolt at Tomb Guardian... Actually, at both Tomb Guardians, because he's going to use Twin Spell. Yep. Ooh. Uh, so now I have five sorcery points. So two D20s. Let's see here. Oh, pardon me. That's a uh, 19 on Tomb Guardian 1 and a 22 on Tomb Guardian 2. They are both hits. Okay, I need another D8. Uh where the fuck there is? Okay, uh, let me get up the spell so that I actually know what the table is. Okay. Uh, so, I rolled a double three. Yep. Which is fire. Yep. Oh shit! I got fire. incredibly lucky here, yep, which is that means really weird. Um, so altogether, that was six, eight points yep. of damage. Um, do I use the same roll for both of the spells, or do I need to roll again uh, for the same? Spell? Same roll. Same roll. Okay, so both take eight points of fire damage, but then both of those spells bounce to another enemy. Oh yes. So, yeah, because another Because for when it doubles, it leaps. Yep, so 16 uh, to... fire damage. Yeah, uh, I need to actually roll again to see if it hits oh, when yes, it jumps. Go ahead, yep. So I'm rolling for both. Uh, that is a 23 and... Oh, two 23s, actually. Yeah, so they both hit. Yeah. They oh. both hit. <laughs> uh, what is with your dice? I'll roll the... double. Yeah. Switch dice and I'll that, roll the damage again. Keeping him alive. Oh shit, I just rolled a double four. Oh, just fucking, fucking force! Uh, so that's four, eight, eight. Uh, fourteen force damage. Oh. That's um, a lot of damage. If you roll the same number on both D8s, the chaotic energy leaps from the target to a different creature of your choice within 30 feet of it. Make yes, a new so attack against the target. Uh, oh, wow. Each can be targeted only once, but once by each casting. Oh, okay, no, so it doesn't uh, bounce. It only bounces once. Okay. Damn. That would have been a bit. <laughs> okay. okay. So there goes all of my luck for this session. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, it lasted longer than mine. <laughs> okay, so uh, it is. Um, yep. Yeah, and I'm not even going to use a bonus action. I'm just. Yep. You're done. Yep. It is Zinhorn's <laughs> yep. turn again. Alright, well, he's uh, seeing all of this stuff and happening and he's like, I'm getting in on this, and goes again with his flame blade. Yep, it's Tomb Guardian 2, go ahead. 
Uh, uh, 26. That's a hit this time. Yay, and 3d6. That's 4, 5 is 9, and 3 is 12 points of fire damage. 12 points of fire damage. Nice. Yeah, 24. Slash, you cut away some of the patchwork armor. Both of these tomb guardians are looking quite beaten up at this point. Probably because you got the then drop on the, them. Then the uh, the vines are saying that they want to get in on the action yep, as well. Yep, so you're going to swing I'll with your right vines. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. And who am I to go against? <laughs> yeah, who are you to go against what they want? Uh, that is a 14 plus 4. That's 18. 18. That is on Tomb Guardian 2. A hit. Roll the damage. Yay. Go the vines. Uh, D, 10. That's an 8. That's a 10. That is 7 points of damage. Nice. It is now Alessandra's turn. Okay. Well, you know, Firebolt seems to be working right now. I will move directly onto the roof, though. Yep. Just tied up there now. in my yep. yeah, just tied up there in my rags. And firebolt again, that is an advantage a twenty-eight to hit. Yep, that hits Tomb Guardian 2. Go ahead, roll the damage. Wonderful. That is five and six, eleven. So eleven times two is twenty-two. Twenty-two, nice. Tomb Guardian 2 looking quite close to death as it struggles to stay on its feet. Is now the enemy's turn. So Tomb Guardian 1 will attack Sir Lucian, and how they work chained together is that when one of the Guardians attacks, any Guardian it's chained to gets to attack as a bonus action. So it's first oh. going to attack Sir Lucian, uh, and that will be... It is unable to hit Sir Lucian even once with its multi-attack. However, the other one gets a bonus attack on Zinhorn. And uh, one of those was a 19, the other was a 15. Both missed because I now yes. have an AC of 24. That is correct. Jesus Christ. Tomb Guardian <laughs> 2. Just laughing. <laughs> Tomb Guardian 2 then attacks Zinhorn with its normal multi attack. And that is a 21 and a nat 20. <laughs> Yikes. So one misses, one hits, so the nat 20 hits. Zinhorn, you take 32 points of bludgeoning damage, plus 12 points of piercing damage, so 44 plus. points of damage altogether. Does Zinhorn have any fancy armor? He does not have anything that resists criticals, no. Uh. Then Tomb Guardian 1 gets its bonus attack at Sir Lucian, and with disadvantage, it only hits him once with a 26. So Sir Lucian takes 11 points of bludgeoning damage, plus 8 points of piercing damage, so 19 points of damage altogether for Sir Lucian. It is now Ava's turn. Alright, um... I will go attack Tomb Guardian 1. Yep. going to run up and hit him with your sword, or are you going to shoot yeah. an arrow? Yep, all right. Run no, up. I'm going to hit him. Um, sorry. 
his armor class has dropped from 17 to 16, by the way, because of your dispel ma- failed dispel magic. <laughs> All right. I am scrolling up to where I need to see things. Yep, that's fair enough. Alrighty. So first attack. That is 12 plus 9. That's a hit. Roll your damage. Okay. Uh, Where's the bot? Uh, The bot is in Milo's looking dice. I couldn't be fucked mathing, so let's let's see. So one d eight plus five. Nine points of damage. One d four. Yep. So twelve points of damage plus your favorite foe. One. Oh uh, wait. One d six. Uh, your favorite foe. Yeah, just a sec. I'll do the poison. Oh, yeah, you're poisoned, that's right, because he's not immune to that. So seven, ooh, nice. And the 1d6. 1d6, only one. Okay, so half of that is divided to the other uh, Tomb Guardian. And he is still up, so go ahead, make another attack. Alright, so... Uh, offhand... So does the... Hunter's Mark count for offhand? Uh... It does, but it only activates on the first attack per round. No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? Okay, yeah, so it counts. <laughs> it counts any time you hit him, then. Yeah. Alright, um... Oh, if I hit him, Every session, we slingshot between the two. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't worry. Wait, we were... Mm. Every session when Remy was playing your character, we couldn't quite... We, we couldn't quite agree on whether it hit every time or not, so we kept slingshotting between the two. Because <laughs> okay. we couldn't be bothered looking it up. I nat one. You nat one. Uh, oh, so you weren't able yes. to hit him. Oh, that sucks. But it's okay, you still get another attack. Yep. Uh, and this one is plus... Nine. I added the wrong thing to that one. There we go, 21. That's definitely a hit. Go ahead, roll your damage. Uh, so it's 1d8 plus 5. And then 1d10. And then uh, 1d6. There we go. Nice. Okay, so we divide that damage between both of the Tomb Guardians as you slash. The chain binding them together snaps. They both roar in pain as they go down. Two kills for the price of one is yours. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Combat. I go back to the back. (laughs) You go back to the back. Combat is now over. The hallway is clear, yeah. and you are free to move on. Woo! Sweet. Ava is relaxing now. Yep, Ava is relaxing <laughs> after... Onyx... Yep. Oh, no, I was going to say, Onyx would like to stick his head around the corner, looking up the, up the hallway corridor, to the north. Yep. So, Onyx, you peek around the northern corridor and you detect at the end of it what appears to be some kind of tomb. 
you can see an o a large open room at the end, and right at the very back of that, what looks like a stone sarcophagus. Mm. Meanwhile, okay. Zinhorn, with your passive perception, you notice embedded into the southernmost wall a secret door here. Secret tunnel. <laughs> uh, oh, I have all three uses of my gem of seeing again. Nice. Sandra's not saying anything and it's just wordlessly walking along the roof behind everyone else. <laughs> just hold, just sort of just holding onto her rags for the most part. Because <laughs> yep. this is just yep, just barefoot. Yeah, now down. officially barefoot. Yeah, just barefooting it through this thing. It's yeah, just you like... look like a street urchin. <laughs> Can oh, Ava go? Uh, I wish I had something for Bobbit. <laughs> no, this is fine. I brought this on myself. Yep. <laughs> Do you want a feather? It might keep you warm. <laughs> still give a feather. feather. <laughs> you give you give Bobbit a feather, and she just takes it and pokes it into the front of her rags, and mm. gives you a pained smile. Dimo just reaches up with the uh, vine that does not have the uh, axe in it. Yep. Wraps it around and just starts pulling himself up and down, just using him as a bit of a thing to swing around on. Whee! Yeah, just swinging around the hallway and your vines going, oh, oh, I've had this much fun in years! Meanwhile, just hanging on to Bob, it's swinging around, having fun. Yep. Aww, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably a lot more fun if Bobbit was the one in charge, but yeah. it's just a very surly-looking child right now going, you're lucky I'm enjoying this. So you have three <laughs> options. You have your secret uh, door to the south, the tomb to the north, and the double stone door uh, at the end of the corridor. What else was um, in that tomb that we all that you mentioned? Well, uh, so I'm well, just trying to look at the plaque to see what... Uh... Well, Onyx couldn't exactly see what's in the tomb. He could just see that it is a tomb, uh, so he could see the sarcophagus. Uh, fair, you have fair. to go into the room to see. Onyx would now like to walk up to the doors and just see if there's any inscriptions on them. He's not touching the doors, though. Yep. So you walk up to the double doors and... They are decorated with carvings of leering and laughing skulls. Mm. Leering and laughing. Ominous. Oh boy, ominous. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, where's the walk through water with weapon in hand? Shit. Your shit. Okay, the vulture. Right, the gods. The walls of history tell all. Okay, so we've only got two left. Apparently. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with uh, laughing skulls, though. Mm, unless they're the... the unless the skulls are like the skulls of the gods or whatever, like... Perhaps. Mm. You don't know to represent the skulls the of the gods. That's true. Um... <laughs> yeah, just have Alessandra hanging from one of the vines looking at the skulls going, I'm not touching this one. <laughs> Too much you could do an I, yeah. I mean, I can, but I'm only down to like a plus seven now because my headband's <laughs> gone. Oh, only a plus seven. better than anyone else. Yeah, so I can roll Arcana still. Um, oh, it's 18 plus seven. It's still 25. Um, the leering and laughing skulls appear to have no magical significance. 
Okay. Well, I, <coughs> these ones seem to be purely decorational. Yeah, de- though I'm still not. I'm still not touching it. Mm. Not touching can't make me meh. Um, I'm going to holding my shield in one hand, push the doors open. Yep. So the doors, luckily, appear to be unlocked. However. Why didn't as, we check for traps? As you push the door open with the shield in hand, you activate a magical yep. trap on the door. Electricity bristles through the st- through the door, and then all of the skulls laugh raucously as electricity shoots out of the door and hits you. Please make a deck save. Wait, you said there wasn't anything magical on the. It's a oh, magical skulls. trap, wasn't it? Well, uh, yeah. No, yeah, you summon the skulls, not oh, the... Yeah. Not that it really matters, I couldn't uh, disarm this trap even if I wanted yeah. to. 18. 18, okay. Uh, so in that case, you take half of this damage, so that is uh, 13 points of lightning damage. Okay, okay. The doors creak as you finish pushing them open, and on the other side... You see, ten feet from the doors, a thick tapestry curtain hangs from wall to wall. Its embroidery shows a scene of merriment, nobles feasting around a banquet table, a roast boar on a platter, servants pouring wine. Sir Lucian sighs nostalgically as he sees this image. (laughs) Um, sorry. Could you? I'm just going to take a supreme healing potion. Yeah, good idea. Um, could you just describe the tapestry again? Sorry, there was feedback yep. and it blew my so, headphones out. It's an image of nobles enjoying a banquet. They're gathered around a table and they're enjoying a succulent roast boar. That's the image on the on the tapestry. Okay. Uh, right, the gods, the walls of history tell. Uh, okay. Interesting. Can I do a religion check to see if this represents any gods that I know yeah, of? Go ahead. That's a net one. Yeah, <laughs> most likely it doesn't. Can I do that? You can attempt one. Alright. Um, sorry, I need to scroll up again. Uh, that is 18 plus 7. So, Ava, you, you detect no religious significance to the image. However, as you stare at it, you do hear the voice of Mudmore in your mind, and he whispers, Beware lest the hunters become the hunted. I will pass that along. Beware so, the hunters become the hunted. I'm guessing in this one, the noble humans were the hunters. Well, yeah, and the boar is most likely a trophy that they caught during a day's hunting. Hmm. Would you like to part the curtain? Hmm. Onyx will go forward and part the curtain (laughs) with his trident. Yep, reach out your trident part the curtain and behind it 
another curtain hangs, showing the same scene, but now descended into depravity. The nobles fight with each other, partake in carnal encounters on the table, or sprawl on the floor in puddles of vomit. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, up on the roof there's a small child who blushes slightly and just looks away going, this seems inappropriate. So Lucy does not understand oh, human oh carnal relations. So Lucy's <laughs> just got an embarrassed smile on his face that says, oh, well, sometimes these parties get a bit out of hand, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, is it even possible for a UNT if I have scales to even get and even blush? I'm confused. I don't with that. think you can blush because you're a, you're a <laughs> reptile. So, ah, that's an impressive feat, then. Yeah. <laughs> Zidhorn's still just swinging around the room, hanging yep. off by it. Zidhorn's just um, going. I'm going to get off the floor. Yep. You flap your wings, get off the floor, and start flying up a side. Bobbit as Zinhorn swings oh, around going, say, can, we, can we see how many curtains there are? Is it like across the entire room? It's across the entire room, so you can't see what's behind the curtain until you part it. Are we hmm. technically hunting for answers? I mean, technically, totally maybe, possible. yes. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to step forward and part the second curtain with yep. my trident. Okay. Mm. So Onyx steps forwards. He parts the second curtain as Zinhorn continues swinging, Bobbit and Ava make sure they're off the ground. Behind the second curtain is a third. A scene of horror confronts you, nobles feasting on servants, eating each other alive and setting fire to the dining hall. The roast boar is now alive and laughing on its platter. Hmm. Right, the So Lucian mm. immediately looks away and he says, What is this mockery? I don't think we want to see if there's anything worse behind that, because it's the way it's looking, it's not going to get any better. Um trying to think there's a role I could even do to <clears throat> Can I... Oh, sorry, go. Yeah, I was going to say could I roll like investigation or something, but I'm not going to have the best roll with that anymore. Yeah, that's true, but you can try it if you want. Can I do Ooh. a perception on the ground to see if there's any markings on the ground to indicate if anything's happened yes, to no. impact the ground? Uh, an investigation check actually would be required. <laughs> you can well, make that mine, mine, mine was only a 10. Uh, is that a six or a nine? Uh, hold on. Uh, this dice doesn't have a line underneath. Uh, oh, God. It's going by everything else. I got is a nine. 22. Oh, Ava, Ava got 22. So, that works. Ava, you notice that underneath the third curtain, you can make out gashes and scratches along the stone floor as if something was struggling behind that curtain and was violently pulled forward. Mm. Like pull oh, forward towards us or pull forward? pull forward towards whatever's behind the curtain. I. Hmm. That seems distressing. I summon my shadow. Yep. Next to me. 
Yep. And then I walk to the doorway so that I'm outside the doorway. Yep. Should be, should be messing with if there's something back there. Mm-hmm. I'm now outside. But you're shut I'm assuming it, it is. Yep. And we, I'm assuming it takes time. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to go and go behind him. If <laughs> you're going to go behind him. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because... Bobbit neighbor still up on the roof. Zinhorn still swinging from Bobbit. Everyone else leaves the room, stands behind <laughs> Onyx, leaving Onyx's and shadow in front I of the I didn't like my. I didn't like Mo's ominous message. Yeah, no. I feel like whatever's back there um, can't be good news. And then I'm gonna make my shadow part the final curtain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your shadow steps forwards and parts the final curtain. The rotting head of a giant boar is mounted to the wall behind the curtain. Fresh blood and gore spatters its tusks, dribbling down the wall beneath it. In place of its eyes are two tiny crystal balls. You can all see the boar's head, so I need you all to please make wisdom saves. Ava, you may make yours with advantage. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Thanks. Because you can still see it. You may not be in the room, but you can still see it. (laughs) <laughs> you doomed it. You doomed us all. That's a twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Four. Four. Fifteen. Nine. Fifteen. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, so everyone passes except Ava and Onyx. Ava oh. and Onyx, as you stare at this giant boar's head, you suddenly feel overtaken by a very strange impulse to approach the boar and place your head inside its mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> Do we notice anything wrong about them, or you notice anything off about this? You just notice them staring intently at the, at the boar's head. Now that we actually have the feeling in us, can we make another roll to try and You could realize... try to resist. You, you are charmed, so... Can we close the door? Oh, I mean, you you could try, but uh, you are charmed at the moment, guys, so... I'm, um, I'm, well, you're not, you're not. I mean, I'm saying for Ava yeah. and Onyx, they're charmed, uh. so... Um, actually, you can't... You're, you're charmed, so you must fulfil the urge unless someone physically stops you. But okay. the thing is that there's only room for one of you in there, so... Well, Onyx is, from where he is at the doorway, right in front of the party, starts walking forward. Yep, so Onyx walks forwards. Is anyone going to stop him? Mm. I was going to hopefully try to stop Ava, but screw it, I'll jump on him. Alright, you jump on Onyx, you grab him, which which allows Ava to begin walking into the room, making her way. Hmm. I was going to say, yeah. Zinhorn wraps the vine around Ava. Yep, Zinhorn wraps the vine around Ava, catching her as she enters the room. I would mm. like Alessander and Onyx to please make opposed strength checks. Oh, shit, we both got good strength! <laughs> yeah! Okay, we're doing this now, are we? Right, I'm going to pick a dice that I haven't rolled yet, because I usually roll really low on the first roll. Um, I rolled a 19. I rolled a 14. 14, okay, so Alessandra has Onyx pinned 
safely to the ground. He tries to struggle, but cannot yeah, escape uh, your grasp. She's going to, she is going to just drag him back out of the room and yell to Seleucin to close the damn door. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, before Seleucin could close the door, Zinhorn needs to drag Ava out of the room. So I need Ava and Zinhorn to make opposed strength checks, please. Well, my strength is shit. Well, then roll poorly, please. <laughs> uh, that is a 15. 15. I also got a 15. Okay. Oh well, Ava will win then because you're using the vines uh, to restrain her. So Ava... it's just like, it was just a plain strength. It wasn't athletic strength. No, no, no. It was just a plain strength. So Ava thrashes around and bats away your vines with her wings and then runs towards the boar, kneels down and places her head in its mouth against no. all logic. The boar, the boar appears to smile and then its huge mouth chomps down on Ava's head. Ava, oh. you take 20... Wait a second. Yep. What? I have advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened. Well, you did, oh. um, I did give you advantage against the roll anyway, because of, um, your... Oh, wait, yeah, I did. Yeah, so... <laughs> so, Ava, you take 22 points of piercing damage as the tusks dig into your neck, and this brings you back to your senses. You feel it biting deeper and deeper, and then you wrench yourself out of its mouth. The boar roars and then topples off the wall, landing inert on the floor, revealing behind it a small compartment in the wall containing miscellaneous treasures. I'm going to take the eyes. <laughs> yeah, while she's while she's doing that, I'm still holding Onyx, correct? Yeah, but now that the as soon as the as soon as the boar head falls off the wall, Onyx ceases to struggle. It yeah, appears. well, I'm not I'm not letting him go. I'm just sitting there going, oh, swap oh, no, with my shadow. Hey. Swap with your shadow. Yep, okay. And Alessandra looks here, looks back, looks incredibly disgruntled without making a noise, just breaks the shadow's neck and stands up. Yep, <laughs> you kill the shadow. <laughs> Onyx is just, uh, just annoyed. Onyx is yeah, yep. Onyx. <laughs> mm. had to, we had to look past the curtain, didn't we? Well, Ava, no holds up, you to look. Ava holds up the two crystal eyeballs she took from the boar, so that's two less you have to find. I'll oh, look yeah, inside yeah. the... No, you won't. I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> busy extracting eyes. Piss off, you little thief. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst yeah. this argument's happening, Zinhorn just casts Mage Hand and grabs... He grabs the treasure. Yeah, Mage Hand and pulls it back soon. Zinhorn's oh, Mage Hand. I'll accept this. <laughs> Zidhorn's mage head just shoots into the room and scoops all the treasure out, deposits it yeah. on the floor in front of the room, and reveals a pair of gold spectacles worth 250 GP, a leather eye patch set with a bloodstone worth 250 GP, and a plat- <laughs> and a platinum hairpin worth 500 GP. Well, Zidhorn just picks up the the hairpin and just puts it in. <laughs> oh, Sanders going to take the uh, glasses and just sort of size and goes, I miss my glasses. Mm. <laughs> and then Ava comes and takes mm. the leather eye patch, puts it on, <laughs> Yar. 
covering one of her eyes with a rather dim-looking bloodstone that's covered in many decades' worth of dust and dirt that somehow still manages to shine and glow in the correct light. And then I go, rawr. Rawr, I'm a now. Andrew, I don't think a bird could make an R sound. Yeah, it's more like a... Yeah, I'm a pirate now! Can I try and kind of see if any of these are actually magical or not? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, 15 plus... What did I say? I had 8, I would like to have just put it on. Yeah, definitely looking at it. It's a 23. Yeah, so none of these are magical. They're just various trinkets that were probably probably <sighs> used to belong to people who got chomped by the boar and were swallowed. Yeah. Lovely. In that case, yeah. yeah. Just sort of looks at everyone else and just nods and goes, it's safe. <laughs> oh. Ava's already looking at you going, I'm a pirate! <laughs> <laughs> then I'm putting it in my pocket. Yeah, then you're putting it in your pocket <laughs> where it's safe. I would put it in, I would put it in my nice pocket. It'll be a nice trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put it in my pocket if I had some. Yeah, you had <laughs> some. I'll put Bubba in my pocket. I miss my pockets. <laughs> so, I assume you'd like to head north into the tomb now? Oh, sure, why not? Your footsteps squish along some of the alien growth as you make your way <laughs> into the tomb. Yes, it's Alessandra cursing that beholder. Just ill, ill, ill. I'm, I'm assuming that room's already been checked. Uh, yeah, well, Onyx looked through it and saw that it was a tomb, but you won't know what's in it until you step into it. So, yeah. So you step into the tomb, and you see a four columned portico juts out from the far wall, beneath which a stone sarcophagus rests in a wall recess. Four ceramic frog masks hang in niches above and around the sarcophagus. Beneath the masks, humanoid bones are strewn across the floor. To the east, a large carving of a tentacled frog monster squats above a shrine. Offerings lie on a shelf before it. Four rectangular frescoes adorn the adjacent walls, filled with images of past ceremonies. This would be the uh, history one. As the walls of history tell all. Nang Nang immediately says in Bobbit's head, Oh, look at all the gold coins just sitting there! Offering smufferings, grab them, take them! <laughs> Alessandra just immediately just turns and goes, We are not touching anything until we get our stuff back. <laughs> I don't care how much you yell at me, this isn't happening. <laughs> So, what would you guys like to do? To investigate the walls? Yeah, if you like. Yeah. Uh, you can each make an investigation check. These frescoes are quite old, and some colour and bits of details are worn away. Seven, seven. Um, a twelve. And a twelve. nine. Nine. I also got a twelve. Twelve is enough. So, seventeen is the best. <laughs> So the frescoes in this order show depict these images. Fresco 1. A frog-like behemoth uses its tentacles to help the Omuan people knock down a mighty statue. 
In the foreground, an old woman wearing a frog mask tosses five coins from her hand as though she's sowing seeds. Fresco 2. The frog-like behemoth wraps its tentacles around a giant crocodile as omen hunters as omen hunters stab the crocodile with their spears. In the foreground, an old man wearing a frog mask holds a bug up to his open mouth. Fresco 3. The frog-like behemoth, with four Omoan hunters riding on its back, finds a small boy in the jungle. The hunters seem elated. In the foreground, a young woman wearing a frog mask holds a knife in one hand and a headless chicken in the other. Fres Fresco 4. The frog-like behemoth wallows in a shallow pool as Omoans offer it urns of food and treasure as tribute. Cracks in the fresco obscure the head of the human figure in the foreground, but you could see that it grasps a lit candle. Meanwhile, the shelf that has all the offerings has several miscellaneous items scattered around it. A six-inch tall stone statue of a frog hemoth, a copper bowl containing rat bones, four dead cockroaches, a green wax candle, and five loose gold coins. I see. Okay, can I say this in character or do I have to actually try and roll because I know what we have to do No, you can say it in character here. if you know what to do. Yeah, yeah Alessandra just looks around and goes, I think, and this is just a theory, I'm not as smart as I was this morning, but I think we have to reenact what's on the walls to activate the cell over the sarcophagus. Otherwise, these, these offerings on the shelves all line up with everything on the wall. A reasonable theory, but how much exactly do you have to reenact? That is a good question. Hmm. I mean, I would guess the the ones that uh, I should have written this down. Like, obviously, it's we don't have the we don't have the the miscellaneous items don't add up to all of the um, tablets, do they? Well. Maybe, um, well, yeah, maybe not. Maybe and maybe not. So definitely, there's definitely the selling the seeds part. So the yeah, first, we have the coins. Yep, the fresco, the first one shows an old woman wearing a frog mask, tossing five gold coins from her hand as though sowing seeds. Okay, and so we have the second coins one has that. an second <laughs> one has an old man uh, with a bug. Holding up, up to his mouth. open mouth, yes. Holding up a bug to his open mouth. That's the cockroach. <laughs> what if we have to take the items from the thing and do the things? That's yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that seems so to be. Was... Ava's third... just gonna do it. <laughs> yep. So So Ava, you take the five gold coins and so you're going to take the five gold coins off the shelf and then hurl them back onto the shelf as if you're sowing seeds? Yes. Okay. You take the gold coins and then you fling them one by one back onto the shelf. And nothing appears to happen. Okay, or do we one. need to do it, um... Here. In this, what's this? On the on the sh uh, shelf, there is also 
four dead cockroaches, the green wax candle, and a six-inch tall stone statuette yeah. of a frog he huh. Yeah, but what, what, what's this what is this area? area? No, what is this area? Uh, that... Yeah, that is... That's just a raised... A raised portion of the floor where the sarcophagus is. Okay. So, maybe we should do it there. Yeah? Yep. Okay, so... You gather all of the items of the offering shelf and you step up onto the raised portion of the floor. From here, Ava flings the coins one by one onto the shelf. Nothing appears to happen, but of course that's only the first step in the process. Mm-hmm. The second depicts an old man wearing a frog mask holding a bug up to his open mouth. Anyone feeling hungry? Not that hungry. Ava eats bugs. Go on. So Ava <laughs> takes one of the cockroaches and crunches it up in her beak, making a sickety crunching sound. It makes you all feel a little bit sick. I mean, I've eaten camadans, but, you know, we got to draw the line Ava somewhere. goes, not bad. <laughs> the third one shows a young woman holding a knife in one hand and a headless chicken in the other. Do we have either of those on the shelf? The only thing that would the only thing on the shelf that you can think would be in any way related to this is the small copper bowl which appears to contain rat bones. As you look at the mm. copper bowl, you also notice that splashed along the rim and inside the bowl are very old bloodstains. Okay, so... Are there any maybe... rats around? You... <laughs> um, you look around, and despite the age and dankness of this uh, tomb, you can't see any rats or mice or other vermin. Shit. Hmm. I mean, do we just maybe put the bowl up in front of it if they're... Hmm. What if I just pick the bones up and then drop them back in the bowl? You pick I'll up try. the bones and drop them back into the bowl. Nothing happens, but you're unsure whether this was the correct thing to do. Okay, and what was number four? Number four was... Uh, the figure grasps a lit candle and holds it up as an offering. Uh, I'll do that one. Yep. So you light, you take the green wax candle and light the wick and then hold the candle up to the statuette of the frog Hemoth. Mm. At first, nothing appears to happen and then a voice booms out throughout the room. Your offerings were incorrect. Eh? Okay. What did we do wrong? You were... The voice continues. I required <laughs> you to spill the blood of a living creature into the uh, bowl. Suffer for uh, your transgressions. Uh, and then... Oh, come on. I considered it. And then suddenly... <laughs> At the front of the room, the humanoid bones begin to coalesce, forming a dream wraith and two wraiths. Please roll for no. initiative. No, no, no! 
Oh, you next You changed up the enemy. No, I did. I did. Seventeen. Seventeen. Because uh, I recognised the purple token. Yep. <laughs> I mean, eighteen, but I don't want to be here. I hate wraiths. <laughs> you hate any. You hate any. It goes to Jason. Uh, <laughs> I got seventeen. Seventeen. Yep. Zinhorn uh, also got seventeen. Ah, uh, well, Zinhorn will go before Ava then because of his feet. Yeah. And I'll go behind Ava. Yep. So okay. So because I got yeah. seventeen as well. <laughs> Alessandro. so far. Yep. <laughs> Alessandra, you're up first. Alessandra's running straight up the goddamn fucking wall. Yep, straight up the just, wall. Yeah, as, <laughs> just no, up onto no, the roof. No, no, don't wanna, don't wanna. You could reach the roof, yep. would you like? Yep, yep. you're up on the on roof. On the roof. Alessandra's a gecko. Alessandra is just goddamn terror, hates ghosts. Both Alessandra <laughs> yes. and Bobbitt hates ghosts. They do. And shit, I have to try and work out. What the hell do we throw at a wraith? Ooh. I even have my spell books to work with this. No, you look sort of all your normal spells. I know, I'm just trying to work on what spells would work best against. I just, I hate these things, I really do. Ah, screw it, we'll go the old favourite, just Eldritch Blast. I'll aim for the. Try the Dream Wraith, that one looks scarier. Yep, go ahead. Alright. Plus nine, we have a. Non Nat 20 and a 24. Okay. Uh, that is a hit, roll damage. Alright, both plus hits. That's eight. Then twelve. So that's gonna be twenty points of force damage on the dream wraith. Twenty points of force damage on the dream wraith, that is nice. Okay. <laughs> and we'll is... continue to just cower on the roof. <laughs> it is Sir Lucian's turn. He's gonna run up to Wraith One and strike it with his sword. That is a Nat 20. Good god. So he deals 22 points of damage to it. He then swings again with his sword. And that is a 29 to hit. He deals 12 points of damage to it. So 33, 35 altogether. Not bad. It is now the enemy's turn. The Dream Wraith flies forwards to Ava. Oh, no, go away. Reaches out a bony hand and uses its sleep touch ability. That is oh, a that non-natural 20 to hit. Shit. How does this work? So it's just a normal, just, it's a non-nat 20, so it's just going to beat your AC or not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what is it yeah. against? Because I've got phase stuff. Ah, uh, so. yeah, yeah, it's just your AC. So um, in this case, it's a hit. So you take 13 points of psychic damage, and you must now make a charisma save. I think I get advantage. And you do get advantage on this, yes. I say, damn, I should have stayed down, because I actually have good charisma saves. Oh, well. Uh, that is... a... 17? 17! The sleep touch does not work. You feel drowsy for a split second, but manage to shake yourself and stay awake. And how much damage did I take again? Uh, Sorry. You took uh, 13 psychic damage. Okay, thank you. It is 
Wraith number one's turn. It attacks Sir Lucian, rolls a 20 and is unable to get around his shield. Wraith number two floats up towards Zinhorn, reaches out using its life drain and rolls a nine, unable to pierce Zinhorn's very good defenses. It is now Zinhorn's turn. Zinhorn is going to uh, just look back at him and with his shields he's going to come down and bash it down and cast Thunder Wave. Yep. It's going to make its deck save and that... Can you do it against both that uh, Wraith 2 and Dream Wraith? Ah, yep, yeah, they're both doing it. Uh, so that is a 10 for Wraith 2 and an 8 for the Dream Wraith. So neither uh, succeed, so they take 2d8. And they're blasted back. The thunder wave. Uh, that is 10 points of uh, thunder damage. Yep, and the thunder wave blasts them back 15 feet away from you. Not that changes what I was going to do. As a reaction. <laughs> The dream, as a reaction, the dream wraith uses its dreamer's gaze. It waves its arms in the air as if constructing an image out of, as if constructing an image out of nothing and then materializing from the floor in front of it is an image of your mother. She looks over at you and beckons with one hand. Zinhorn, please make a wisdom save. That is a 28. Okay, the dreamer's gaze failed. You are not stunned. God, you're broken. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a plus 10 on my wisdom saves. You brush Good the job. image aside and she fades once again into the floor. It is Alessander's turn. Okay. Wait, no, sorry, it's uh, Ava's. Sorry, Ava's turn. Thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> All right, um, fuck. All right. What I was going to do changed. I want to try and cast Dispel Magic on the Dream Wraith. Alright. You cast Dispel Magic upon the Dream Wraith and nothing happens. Okay. Well, that was a waste. Hmm. I just thought that maybe if well, he was worth a try. up, he might. Mm. Yeah, it's worth a try. Drop it. <laughs> um, yeah. um, then yep. I'm gonna bonus action. Uh, oh, fuck. What do I want to use? I don't want him to touch me. No, because <laughs> he might put you to sleep. I'm gonna Zephyr strike. Zephyr strike. Yep. Cast Zephyr and... strike on yourself. And then I'm going to move, uh, I'm going to fly away. Yep, up <laughs> towards the top of the sarcophagus, next to, next to Bobbit. Okay, it is Onyx's turn. Um, I'm going to look at the Dreamwave and use my Wongro ability. Yes. <laughs> it must make a DC 16 What's wisdom my... save. Got a ability again, I've forgotten. Uh, you don't take damage from falling. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, so oh wow. He, that's... he got a non-natural 20 on his wisdom save. Of course uh, he did. 
And then I summon I summon my shadow in front of him. Yep. Summon your shadow in front of him. And that's the end of my turn. Okay, it is uh, Alessandra's turn again. Yep, just still up on the roof, still throwing blasts at the Dream Wraith, because that has to go, it has to go. And, okay, one is a 15, the other is a 27. Those both hit. Oh, good, yay. This is what I'm going to be doing until things leave me alone. Um... That's uh, 23 more points of force damage. Yep, on the Dreamwraith. Lovely. Yeah, just keep throwing it. It's the biggest threat in the room and that thing scares me. You notice the image starts to flicker as if it's struggling to stay corporeal. It is Sir Lucian's turn. He's going to repeat his assault on Wraith 1. He nat 1's the first time, rushing forwards and then slipping on that telltale banana peel. As he slams to the ground, you hear a you hear no. an old crackling voice <laughs> laughing somewhere outside the room. He straightens he up and swings again. He hits and deals 12 points of damage to it. It is the enemy's turn. Wraith 2 is going to use its life drain on Onyx's shadow. That is a, an 18 to hit Onyx's shadow. D- sorry, it misses. It has, an misses. Arm, it has the same armor class as me. Yep. So it's 20. So your shadow is still in place. The Dream Wraith moves past your shadow, gets an attack of opportunity. Your shadow gets an attack of opportunity. Yep. I'll use its ability to attack of opportunity. Uh, that is what's my trident because that's what I'm using a 21 to hit that's a hit roll the damage it's one handed because it has a shield up uh, that's 2 plus strength plus 1 uh, 2 6 7 damage Ooh, it's looking quite beaten it, it's looking quite close to death now it reaches out to touch Zindhorn with its sleep touch ability that is a nat 20 um it doesn't matter. Oh, I mean, the damage will be fine, but he can't get put to sleep. Yeah, no, he can't get though. put to sleep, so he's fine. But Zin... he's still going to take damage. Uh, Zinhorn takes uh, 18 points of psychic damage, and actually, his elf ability doesn't matter because it's not trying to put him to sleep. It's trying to render him unconscious, which elves oh. are not immune to. Sounds oh. like semantics. Yeah. Well, the thing is that unconscious. Like the thing is that unconscious and sleeping are different conditions. So then why call it sleep touch then? I don't know, but it says it renders him unconscious, and it says elves are only immune to abilities that make them fall asleep. So uh, fine. So Zinhorn, please make a DC fourteen charisma save. Charisma. Okay. I call shenanigans. General shenanigans. <laughs> just, just shenanigans. It is largely semantics, yes. Yes. Uh, that is a... my charisma? That is a 17. 17. You managed to stay awake. Perhaps utilising your elf blood to <laughs> avoid fading away into unconsciousness. Uh, it is Wraith 1's turn. It's going to attack Sir Lucian, and it is unable to pierce his defences. 
It is now Ava's turn. Oh, sorry, Zinhorn's turn. Uh, Zinhorn is going to do a combo attack, being yep. the flame tongue longsword on one side and the vines on the other side. Yep, go just ahead. Coming at the same time, just whack. Go ahead, roll to hit the nice. Dream Wraith. Uh, that is a 18 and a 22. Those both hit, roll your damage. So firstly is and then that is also a deep ten. No, it's a deep. Sorry. Good, good, you're good. So that is eight plus two for the flame sword. The two for weapons. The first part of the damage. Yep, yep, and now you have to roll the damage for the other. And that's a seven for the axe. Yep. And then it's two is 7 points of fire damage. Whoosh! Both of the weapons strike the Dream Wraith at the same time. It lets out a deathly scream and fades away. That was a lot more squishy than I thought. I yeah, they're not say, particularly strong. Yeah. As it dies, you hear there's still screaming going on in the background. You look up and Alessandra is still on the roof just screaming as this thing yells. <laughs> <laughs> However, if, they did render, if it did render you unconscious, it could then reduce you to 0 HP. So... Um, it is good. now Ava's turn. Okie dokie. Um, I guess I'll go for race two. Yep. Wait, it probably can only get hit by magic, yeah? Uh, no, it can be hit. It can be hit by... Oh, well, it's, it's resistant to acid, cold, fire, lightning and thunder, and also bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical, non-silvered attacks. Yep, the... Both your weapons are magic. Yeah, so you'll, you should be, you'll be able to hit You're with fine. your weapons. You get it. Okay. But what I'm hearing is it's not immune to poison damage somehow. No, it's not immune to poison. Mm -hmm. Well, All as right. far yeah, as we know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, resistances are different to immunities. Yes. You know it's not resistant to poison. Alright, I'm gonna... go and give myself advantage on a weapon attack. Yep. Rush up to Wraith number two, flying in the air. Roll to hit him. And that is... non-nat 20. That's a hit. Am I still connected? Yeah, yeah. that's a hit. Alright, sorry, I didn't hear anything. Oh, sorry, I, I said that's a hit, yeah. Alright. Um, so let's see. Uh, sorry, my brain's not working, I need to eat. That's it's okay, fine, that's fine. It's okay. That's the regular. Yep. Psychic. Um, poison. Um, was it a D8 for the force? Yes. Yes. 
1d force damage. Oh, really? Oh, did you get the <laughs> yeah, minimum? It happens. Fuck yeah, you, play. <laughs> yeah, minimum. So I will subtract 10 from that as it is actually immune to poison. Uh, but please. you still got some decent damage on it, and you still have other attacks you can do. Alright, uh, now I guess I'll hit it with my regular... Yep. Uh, not my regular, my offhand. Offhand weapon, go ahead. Wait, I don't have advantage on that one. Um... <laughs> and that one. Oh, okay. Oh. I guess the banana peel was more than one banana peel in the room. Uh. As you swing at... You, you swing and lunge forwards and as you touch the ground briefly to get leverage, you feel your talons slip on the banana peel. The same one that Lucian slipped on and kicked across the room and you curse whoever put it there. Alright. Um... And I still have an extra attack? Yep. Alright. That is... another non-nat 20. That's a hit. Um, I guess I shouldn't bother with the poison damage. No, I don't bother with the poison no. damage. Uh, so that is just 1d8 plus 5. There you go, 11 damage. 11 damage. I am going to use whatever remaining movement yep, I have. Yep, move away, because your Zephyr Strike away. won't get any... Yep, you won't get Attacks any... Yep. So it is now right. Onyx's turn. Uh, which Wraith has taken more damage? Uh, they're roughly both equal at this point, looking quite beaten up each. Okay, I'm going to run towards Wraith two, yep. but I'm going to go here. Yep, so flanking him with your within... shadow. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to cast uh, third level or second level? Third level or second level? A third level blinding smite. Ooh, nice. Damn. Go ahead, and I'm going to whack this guy. Yep. With advantage. Big on. Uh, that is a 16 plus uh, 9 with my trident. Yep, that is a hit. Okay, uh, so that is a d6 for the trident. Uh, that's 10 uh, piercing damage from my plus 1 trident. Yep, and plus then your blinding three, damage. 3d8 radiant. Uh, which could have definitely been a better roll. I'm going to yeah. use a sorcery point to re-roll two of those dice. Okay, go wow. ahead. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can do that. Going to re-roll the one and the two. Uh, and that was a use my inspiration. Two mm. and an eight, so that is ten, fourteen radiant oh. damage. Okay, he had seventeen hit points remaining, so he screams <laughs> as he goes. Back to the nether realm. Um, I command my shadow to move to the other side of Wraith 1, so over yep, here. flank him. And to use his attack. Yep, go ahead. So, uh, I'm going to... With advantage. Yep, 
I'm just gonna. I'm just uh, getting rid of. I'm just counting down how many times I've used it because it is a numbered uh, feature. Uh, twenty. Six. Twenty-six. That's a hit. Roll the damage. Uh, nine damage. Nine damage. He screams as he joins his patriots in the afterlife. And combat is over. Yay! The two... I just I could have used bloody my inspiration to not have all my shit taken away from me. Yeah, I can hear <laughs> you, you realising that. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't here to tell you. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It added to the fun to it. The tomb is now empty, and you are free to open the sarcophagus. Your <sighs> brain not open. work. Stinghorn just heads over as well. Yeah, I was going to say, Alessander is actually still up on the roof trembling. Yep. So this one... So this one is Sir Lucian's god. So Sir Lucian is going to walk up and he makes an athletics check to open the sarcophagus and he groans as he lifts the lid off the sarcophagus revealing inside the bones of a frog hemoth as well as some valuable items including a pair of uh, battle-worn leather braces Ooh. Ooh. Uh, a quiver of 20 brittle-looking arrows <laughs> yep, nice. yeah. and yeah, those are going to us two crystal yeah. eyeballs Hooray! So now you need one more. God damn it. Who'd like okay. to identify the items? While you guys are doing that, I'll be right back. I suppose I'll have to come down off the roof. Just, yeah. See, it's, it's actually Alessandra, not Bob. It's just going, I hate those things, I swear. <laughs> Alright. Uh, kinda. I got a dirty twenty for Arcana. If you didn't, if you don't beat that, yeah, I only got a twelve. So yeah, rough day, rough day. All yours. Um. Okay. So Zinhorn, you identify the items as, uh, well, a pair of braces of archery. Ooh. Furthermore, you identify the quiver of twenty arrows as, and Ava will be very happy to know this. Uh, these are uh, these are void arrows. Mm-hmm. These, Go on. These pitch dark arrows are composed of densely packed shadows. A creature hit by this magic ammunition takes an additional dice of psychic damage in addition to the normal damage of the arrow. The ammunition makes no sound when it's fired or strikes a surface, leaves no discernible wounds, and vanishes immediately after hitting its target. Oh my. Oh, Reva would have so, loved uh, yeah, that. I was going to say, my god, Reva would have absolutely adored yes. those. Well, there's only That's 20 of them. as hell. Still if I have any as... left, after, I, I want to give them to to Reva just as a gift. <laughs> a gift yeah. for Reva. So, so, the thing is, 
This is a... So Sir Lucian, once you tell him that these are braces of archery, he takes a step back and he says, Hmm, I lack the dexterity to be useful even with these. There are nine Umuan gods. There's at least one more. Perhaps I'll sit this one out. Oh. Well, Zinhorn looks at the, uh, the short bow that's been over his shoulder this whole time that she's very rarely used and then looks over at Ava and goes, it's all yours. I am boiled. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yes. So this is this is perfect for you. All 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 three of these things are all so yours. Ava gets her second spirit. The braces glow as watery light ripples across the walls. A monstrous tentacled shadow rises from the sarcophagus, Yay! and the air fills with the stench of a swamp. A rumbling voice echoes through the tomb. You are brave to summon me. Together we will crush Asarak. Oh Glory God! God. I, I was gonna say I'm sorry, but that between oh yeah no, I'll let you read what it does first. Yeah, you are mentioned. now possessed by the spirit of Kabuzan, the frog hemoth who is wild and spirited. While inhabited by Kabuzan, you gain the following flaw: I am fearless and not afraid to take great risks. Also, Jesus. while Kabazan inhabits you, your strength score becomes 23. Oh my god! Uh, I just realised that uh, does, Ava's got Papa's on already, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah. Now let me They're see. Rivals. Let me see. Kabazan and Papa's yes. are enemies. They are uh, enemies. So, oh. at this point, one of them is forced out. Which god would you like to keep? Papa's or Kabazan? Wait, can she still keep the items? With she just can still keep. Items? She can still keep the items. It's just that one and of the gods. Give Seleucid, I was gonna say, what's Seleucid's strength at? Uh, his strength is at nineteen. Well, then give him the twenty-three because it's his best stat. The thing is that Ava could use that for her swords too. Uh, well. I use I use Dex for my swords. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so give her the yeah, give her the items and give Sir Lucian the yeah. Yep. Give him the Frogimus. In your head, Papa Zottle shouts, "Be gone, brute!" And Kabuzan is forced <laughs> out of your head. Sir Lucian wavers <laughs> on the spot and then draws his sword and shouts, "We shall crush Asarak!" <laughs> this also may be a downside as well. This could be interesting. So Sir Lucian's strength is now twenty-three. <laughs> this is just dear god. Sweet. Because you know he was already getting a plus eleven to hit. Let's just jump that up by about three right. more. I, yep. I'll need um send me the details on the arrows and the Yeah, I will. Um, braces. Yeah, yeah that yep. stuff's dope. Um let I'm me... assuming the bracers need attunement. Uh I believe they do. So I mm. will send you both of those. Um, so what it does is, well, we're not going to have a long rest yet, so... The Braces of yep. Archery, though, will give you a plus two bonus damage to ranged attack rolls, made with either a longbow or a short bow. Mm -hmm. The Void... The Void, void Arrows mm. deal an extra dice of psychic damage in addition to normal arrow damage. An extra uh, dice? An extra dice. Specify? Well, whatever weapon you fired them with, that's the dice it will use. Oh, okay, so yeah. an extra DA. Noise. But there's only 20 Noise. of them. So, the tomb is cleared. <sighs> Where would you like to go now? You only have one 
un you only have two unrevealed rooms. You have a crawl space in the southernmost water hallway, and the door to the south of the cylindrical room. The only other room that remains is the room with the wooden platforms. Hmm. Hmm. I will be right back. Mm. Onyx is going to head to the crawl space. <laughs> the one in the <sighs> southern water room? Yeah. Alright, so do you guys all want to follow Onyx as he makes his way there? I feel like this is the worst time for me to be right back. But no, you'll probably. be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, we'll be fine, he says. Yeah, we'll just send Onyx yeah. into the crawl space, it's fine. Alright, so you all like follow Onyx, making your way back across yeah. this level of the dungeon <laughs> until you emerge once again in the water hallway. Onyx briefly looks through the water curtain, notices the other set of tridents that is now missing, glares at Bobbit, and it squeezes <sighs> into the crawl space. In her defense, we didn't know we'd be coming back this way, so... <laughs> yeah, that is true. The crawl space appears to be unremarkable and is untrapped. You finally make your way down to the end and reveal... Uh, let me see where we are. That is room 36, so let me head... Let me just flip back in the book for that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, all good. It all appears good. that the tomb's <sighs> keepers have all but forgotten about this tiny room lodged between two crawlways. It contains nothing of note, but also contains no dangers and appears to be a safe place to rest if a bit cramped. Huh. So, I suppose that's useful if we didn't have the staff room to work with? Yes. <sighs> There is another crawl space to the south of this small room, and you can already tell, as you know the layout of this part of the dungeon, that by crawling through here, you will emerge in the wooden platform room. Can I crawl to the end of the crawlway but not stick my head out? Yep, sure. Crawl to the end of the hallway and you're looking out at the room with the wooden platforms, but you don't stick your head out of the crawlway. Um, was that lever looking thing a torch? Um, on no, the other side? From, or is that actually a lever? From where you are, you can see that it actually does look to be a lever. Okay. No, because I was just, I just saw the torch on this side and it looks like the exact same asset with a. I know, but I know. Okay, that's why so, I was just clarifying. So here Great. is exactly what you see in that room. It is... Uh, what room is that? There uh, we go. Two balconies face each other over a vast pit. Between the balconies hover five wooden platforms, each one a disc ten feet across. A single torch burns above each balcony. On the easternmost balcony, the one where you are peeking out of, out at, stands a rough-hewn, 15-foot-tall statue of a hulking fiend with furled wings and clenched fists. Set into the wall on the opposite balcony is a rusty lever, currently in the up position. Okay, I feel like there's no need to activate this, so I'm going to head back. 
Because you head back and tell the others, it could just be a way to move. Assuming no one activates that lever, this could just be a means of passing through into the room underneath the cylindrical chamber without having to move back through the uh, copper plate. Uh, I feel like it's probably a good idea just to take the long route back down to the staff room and then back up. Yep. Very well. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good... Any Everyone else agree? Uh, yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Yep. So you make your way back to the staff room and emerge in the control room facing the cylindrical chamber. This takes about... 30 to 40 minutes to make your way back around the long way, but you, what you wasted in time, you made up for in peace of mind, knowing that you did not risk harm in either the platform room or the crawl space with the copper plate. And so you crawl through the smashed window, step uh, in. I was going to say, before yep. we do that, since that's where I actually left all the skeletons, and oh, I don't actually point. know where the other three... I don't... Actually, where did the other three go? Because last time I saw them, I left them with... Yeah, you, you peer out into the control... You peer out into the cylindric... Into the hallway next to the cylindrical room where you left Yaka, and you see just a pile of bones on the floor where they once yes, were. well, bring them back. Yep. You raise the three skeletons. They immediately look around... And then noticing that Yaka is not there, they silently breathe a breathless sigh of relief and look to you for further orders. Hmm. And just looks and goes, Yes, sorry about leaving you with that one, but uh, follow for now. <laughs> they salute and join you as you all crawl through the broken window and step into the cylindrical room facing the small stone door to the south. Who would like to open the door? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeling that. Want to have your skeletons? Can do we? It? Can we check to see any like traps or whatnot beforehand? Yeah, can Zinhorn with his perception hear anything on the other side? You can hear nothing on the other side of the door. It appears to be completely silent. Is there anything Onyx? on the door? The door has no distinguishing carvings, it's just a blank stone door. Onyx would like to get up onto the second story before the door gets opened. Yep, so you want to climb up into the hallway, there we go. Yeah. Is the skeleton doing it? If so, Zinhorn wraps the vine around Onyx and pulls himself up. Yep, so Zinhorn yeah, pulls himself up into just the shaft. Yeah. Alicenna just casually just strolls up the wall and follows them in. Every Ava and Lucian stand back as your three skeletons step forward. Ava can fly up. Yeah, just Ava, get Lucian behind his shield. <laughs> Ava flies up, so Lucian stands at the very back of the room, holding up his shield in shield wall position. Your three. Skeletons. I was more thinking that opening the door is going to activate the spinning trap. Well, you know that the lever in the control room activates it, but that is a possibility too. So, yeah, skeletons step forwards. They look over their shoulders, giving you a wary glance, and then push the door open and step safely through. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Okay. You wish to join them? Sure. Yeah. Mm. Very well. You step through the doorway following the skeleton. 
Lions and come face to face with which a 15 foot wide 15 foot deep pit dominates this chamber at the bottom of the pit an 8 foot tall clay figure stands motionless beside a stone treasure chest a silver key hangs from a cord around the statue's neck two 9 foot tall stone statues stand atop plinths on either side of the pit a third plinth against the south wall stands empty one of the statues depicts a hooded and bearded male figure with his left hand held high, index finger pointed up. The other portrays an armoured male knight with his gauntleted right hand extended, extended, its palm facing inwards towards the knight. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> hmm. So one with le his left hand up pointing to the sky. Yeah. And the other one, palm up, was it? Yeah, palm palm facing down. Palm facing down. In Alessander's head, Moa says, just reminding you that uh, adamantine or magic weapons are needed to harm that thing if it awakens. Meanwhile, in Lucian's head, it, oh yes, meanwhile in Ava's head, Papa Zottle says, I demand you have someone stand on that third Plinth. It must be empty for a reason. Hmm. I'm sorry, I missed half of the explanation of the room because the cat ran into my lounge room. You have a cat? Mm -hmm. <laughs> went crazy. Ah, yes. It has, so, has a cat. So there are three plinths in this room. The golem is in a pit. There's a key around the golem's neck. Three of the two of the plinths have statues on them, but the third one is empty. Uh, so, one of the statues depicts a hooded, bearded male finger with his hand held high and index finger pointed up. The other portrays an armoured male knight with his right hand extended, its palm facing inward. The third plinth is empty. The right. clay golem appears to be unmoving. Is there How's anything on the walls? Uh, there doesn't appear to be anything on the walls, except for the telltale purple mould. That has grown everywhere yeah. on this level. Mm -hmm. How is the clay golem standing? It's standing in a pose where it's got its fists clenched and its arms held in front of it as if it's ready to fend off an attack, but it is unmoving. I'm guessing if we screw up whatever this thing is, it's going to activate and try to pound us into dirt. Would be my assumption. So. One has, you said one has like the left hand and then one... One has, has the left the hand, right hand, it's pointing up. The other has the right hand, arm faced inwards. So these these the statues one... also don't appear to be generic statues. They do appear to depict specific figures. Uh, history, I suppose? Can I do a religion check? Yeah, go ahead, make a religion check. It's sick to trade history, oh, but it's only gonna be a plus two. But That's the try. second nat one for a religion check. Oh, no. well, me to one. try. Do you want me to try a religion check? Do whatever you want. <laughs> you can do one as well if you want. I'll Damn, do one. Going. Yep. I can, I can do one. A, well, it's a 17 for me. Yep. Okay. Don't worry about me. <laughs> so, Bobbit, you can tell that these are, in fact, statues of well known gods. 
the, st- uh-huh. the hooded statue, the one pointing up, is Azuth, the god of wizardry. And mm. the other armoured figure is a statue of Torm, the god of courage and self-sacrifice. Okay, see, I don't like that that guy's here. Self-sacrifice concerns me. As you contemplate them, you also feel the telltale hum of magic emanating from each of them. Meanwhile, in Ava's head, Papa Zoddle continues, Demand someone stand on that third plinth! It's empty for a reason! We need to test it out! Um... I'm gonna be like, hold your horses. Um, <laughs> Almighty Mudwar, grant upon me your wisdom. Yeah, um, okay, make a religious check. Make a religion check for Mop more. Alright, that is uh, 14 plus 7. Mud, you close your eyes, you envision Mud Moore's gaping mouth. He smiles as he whispers. One will put things where they were not before, the other will reverse it. Okay. Um, I'll pass it along. Because I wasn't uh, here for all of that. Yep. So <laughs> I don't know, I'm not 100% sure what's happening. So the third one, you said the third plinth was empty or it was damaged? It's empty. It's empty. So the the two beside the pit have the statues on them, but the third one is empty. Has no statue. Okay. And, and furthermore, more, at more, this uh, time, Robert, as you're examining Flint, your three skeletons idly decide to walk ahead. And it, look, you no. think they're about to fall into the pit, but to your surprise, they stand on top of the pit, walking on thin air, as they make their yeah. way over to the other side. Oh. Well, hooray. Good good job, minions. Hmm. First time your minions have ever done something good. Oh. You know, they need, well, they just need a human. Many things back and go, maybe the third time. Thank you. <laughs> you know, practice makes perfect. It appears there is some sort of invisible wall of force separating the pit from the room itself. An invisible lid, if you will. Okay, um... Don't have to take magic. This is a ritual I need to get in the future. Onyx is just leaning against the wall, holding his adamantine greatsword. Yes. yes that's that's the backup plan. If all else fails, smash that's it. That's why he's leaning on the wall. It was one will put... One will... Yeah, one will and put things... And what do you say, yeah, one will put things back where it was, the other will reverse it. Yep. And what gods were they? They were Azuth, the god of magic. He's the one pointing up in the air. And they are, and Torm, the god of courage and self-sacrifice. And he is the one pointing down. We have to move one of these to the other one. We stand on the third one. Um. I will also note that Zinhorn, with your passive perception, you also notice that both statues appear to be set on a rotating spring-loaded gear, meaning you could quite easily rotate the statues 
by gripping the bottom of their plinths and turning them. Oh, okay. Just to throw an extra curveball into the equation. Um, Xenon wants to go over and have a look at the third plinth. Yep. Just... So you walk over to the third plinth and it is empty and it looks like there has never been a statue here. There's no evidence that anything was ever constructed upon this plinth. However, you can see in the dust on the plinth the faint uh, imprints of shoes and boots indicating that people have stood here on this plinth at some point in the past. Okay. Is there asking to bother to identify the gods? Do you know if there's a uh, a trinity with these two involved? Like, is there three? Um, and two spear uh, Bobbit replies no. that, as far as she's aware, no, these two gods stand separate. So, Onyx, your shadow? <laughs> yeah. Well, like do you want to activate the clay golem? If we do something wrong, the clay golem is going to be awoken. Hey, uh, sorry, I'm back. What are they doing? Yep. I was just puzzling out what to do. Xenon so inspected the third plinth and saw that. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's ever been a statue there's on here. There's no statue okay. ever there, but people, it okay. looks as if people have stood upon it at some point. Okay, um, I was going to say, what magic do the two statues have? Because you mentioned there was magic. Do I need to do a detect magic or can I just follow Kana? Um, you need and... to detect magic. Yeah. Oh, I can take 10 minutes to detect magic. Yep, well, it doesn't look like there's anything happening. So you wait around 10 minutes just examining the statues, thinking of what to do. Zinhorn waves his hands as he conducts the ritual. The two... uh, are our yep. short rest 10 minutes? Oh, yeah, they are. I would yeah. like to take right. a short rest while they're doing this. Take a short rest while Zinhorn so, conducts the ritual. So go ahead, spend any hidden dice you need to recover. I spent any, but I'm glad we're giving everyone else the opportunity. Well, Sir Lucian's going to spend some to get back up to full yeah. health. Zinhorn wishes he could spend one or two, but he's doing a he's ritual. doing a ritual. Do we just... To add hit dice, is it just what we roll? It's your hit dice plus your plus, con mod. Yeah, yeah plus con. Okay, yeah. sorry, I usually don't have to yeah. use it. So. I don't know, but still. <laughs> In this case, you do. <laughs> um, so Zinhorn casts the ritual as you all take a short rest, and both of the statues begin to glow, and Zinhorn... You determine that there is an aura of abjuration magic around each statue. Abjuration magic, which typically serves uh, to typically serves to change things in the environment, to move things between places, to teleport, or other types of or other types of magical transport. Mm. How attached are you to your little friends, uh, your little minions there? What was that? How attached are you to your little minions? Hmm. Alstone just looks and goes, you know they're here for a specific purpose. What am I throwing them at? Well, we could put the, uh, these statues, they do move, but there is magic that uh, 
could potentially change whatever touches them. Hmm. So, one theory is we rotate the statues to the ideal position, which will set something off or possibly activate the magic to change whoever is touching uh, the statues. Hmm. Could, option number two is strike a pose on the third plinth over there. Option number three is send uh, Onyx down with his adamantine and uh, have a go at old go golem down there. Mm. Well, the skeletons have, are here I, to test things, so... I was going to say, I have three skeletons. Why not place two skeletons on each of the statues and then the third on the third plinth? Yep. So you have one of your skeletons stand by each of the statues, and then dutifully the third one steps up onto the plinth, awaiting whatever will happen. For the third one steps up on top, uh, Zinon's going to back away from the pit. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone back off from the pit. So the third skeleton steps up onto the plinth and strikes a pose, and nothing happens. Zeno hmm. uh, just gets the vines to start applauding the uh, the position. Alessandra <laughs> hmm. does as well, going. Yeah, they're still quite entertaining. Do you wish to have your skeleton? Do you, do you have any other? Do you have any other poses you can do? <laughs> the skeleton shifts its pose and does a bow. Oh, the the, uh, the vines start getting louder. Oh, it's <laughs> some show here, isn't it? Oh, yes, certainly beats the humdrum of the greenhouse. I'll give you that much. <laughs> Would you have your skeletons rotate one of the statues on its big gear, Clint? Um, so we've got the God of Mag uh, Self Sacrifice. And the God of Magic. God of Magic pointing of up magic. in the air, God of Sacrifice pointing down, seemingly into the pit. Hmm. I feel like the self sacrificing one is more looking. Yes. We'll try. We'll try turning the self-sacrifice one. Your or have them do it. Yep. Your skeleton nods, and he grips the statue and begins to turn it on the gear. As he rotates it, there is a loud click, and then a pop. As skeleton three vanishes off the plinth and is teleported down into the pit, standing between the clay golem and the stone treasure chest. Oh, interesting. Okay. So one puts things in and you said you said there was a key around correct? the play golem's neck, correct? Ah, uh, most likely it's the key to that chest. Yes. Do we hmm. notice anything happening with the clay golem? The clay golem still remains motionless. Indeed, it doesn't seem to even recognise that anything is down there with it in the pit. Interesting. And there's definitely. Hmm. Definitely a barrier between us and this clay golem. Yes. So do we want the skeleton to attempt to... Actually, can I just use Mage Hand to remove the key and give it to the skeleton? Is that an idea well, people want to go with? If, if you can conjure your Mage Hand underneath the wall of force inside the pit, then yes. I mean, 
Is there a thing I can do? I believe Let so. Let me check. Well, the worst thing that happens is the golem comes to life once the key is removed. And, and it just says... Yeah, no, the, the hand appears yeah. at a point within range. 30 feet, yeah. so you can summon the mage hand underneath. Yeah. Okay, so... So you call your mage hand, and it appears underneath the pit, begins to hover towards the clay golem's neck. Please make a sleight of hand check. Is that just using my stats, I assume? Using your stats, because you're controlling the mage hand. Alrighty, big whammies, big whammies. On skill print, 18! You lift the key off the clay golem, which remains motionless, and then your mage hand zooms over and hands it to the skeleton. You dismiss your, your mage hand as your skeleton takes the key, leans over, places it in the lock of the chest, and turns it. You all hear the loud click as the chest unlocks. Okay. Can we see what's in said chest? Yes. Go, the go, skeleton, skeleton attempts to open the lid, but it seems he is unable. He looks up at you and shrugs. He doesn't have enough strength on his own to do this. Mm. Okay. So, my guess is self-sacrifice will... Turning that will put whatever is on the plinth into the... Pit, yes. ...down below. And the other one reverses it, so... So do you have, yes. do you have your skeleton rotate the statue of Azuth? If we do that, all it does is bring the skeleton back, wouldn't it? You don't you know. Take the whole chest. Yeah, can he? He probably. If he can't lift. I don't know. Can he? Can he? Can he try moving the chest? <laughs> he he struggles to lift up the chest. He looks up at you and shrugs. Yeah. So who wants yeah. to go in next? I mean, we could send the other skeletons after it to see if yeah. numbers could help. You could turn you could turn the statue and just see what it does. That is a good question. Do we want to test that? Yeah, because it might also pull whatever is in the pit out, which could include the golem. Yes, but the golem appears uh, to be inactive currently. Currently. Oh, yeah, that, that's currently. the thing that worries me. Yeah, that currently. The currently. <laughs> Okay, um, she'll attempt the, <sighs> I suppose we can attempt the uh, magic statue to see if it brings him back. Yep. Yeah. Just make sure that, um, make sure, dum, 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 make sure Onyx, Onyx says he's at a 18 ready. Your skeleton okay. salutes as he rotates the statue of the wizard. There's a loud click and then a pop as Skeleton 3, the stone chest, and the clay golem all appear on top of the wall of force. Yeah, that's The clay golem okay. remains inert, but okay, the fact I'll... that it is standing there fills all with a sense of unease. Okay, so now the plan would be everyone move the chest out of the line of fire and then immediately turn the first statue back so it can drop the yeah. Zinhorn back down there. Over, grabs the chest and then runs back to his corner. Yep, so Zinhorn reaches out with the vines, pulls the chest away, and Bobbit's skeleton scurries away from the golem. Skeleton 2 turns the statue of Torm once again, and pop! The clay golem is once again safely in the pit. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's... That works. Uh... 
So the, in order uh, to open the chest, we require a combined strength score of 25. Okay. I, I believe we can handle that. Yep. So Sir All Lucian right. heads over to where Zinhorn is, and then he and Zinhorn groan as they lift huh. open the stone lid. As soon oh, you guys as, can do that. As soon <laughs> as the lid creaks open, down in the pit, the clay golem comes to life. It silently roars and then swings a fist up in the air. It strikes the bottom of the wall of force. Its hand rebounds, and then it sits there banging at the underside of the barrier, trying desperately to get to you. Excellent. Skeletons away from the statues, please. Yes, yes, yes. come now. You move your skeletons away. You open the treasure chest, and inside is a single one-inch diameter glass eyeball resting on a red cushion. Uh, I guess this is the last one we needed. Yeah. Well then. How utterly convenient. That leaves Um, the wooden platform room, which, considering you have all the crystal eyeballs you need, you probably don't need to check out. Zinon also wants to just lift up the red cushion to make sure there's nothing hiding underneath. You lift up the red cushion and underneath is just the stone base plate of the chest. Nothing there. Zinon then gets his vines to lift the chest and just sit it on top of the force field right above the clay golem. (laughs) The clay golem (laughs) is roaring, punching, trying to get to you. You lower the chest down, obscuring his face. And then you hear hear a loud thump as he pounds the floor inside the pit in obvious rage. Thank you, Yossidy. What happens if we close the chest again? (laughs) <laughs> you shut oh, the oh, chest yeah. and the clay golem continues raging. No, I was rather hoping he'd just shut up. But this is fine. <laughs> he's he's locked in a box. Well, I suppose so. You leave this clay golem to silently rage and as he's you... He's a man in a box. He's a man in a <laughs> despite, box. Despite all his rage, he is still just a golem in a cage. And as you move out of the room... You turn and look over your shoulder just enough to see the clay golem in a fit of rage punch a hole in the wall of the pit. In the wall of the pit? <laughs> of course. <laughs> you were about to say punch a hole in the pit. Yeah, that, yeah, I heard punch a hole. It's like, oh, Christ, he's going to fucking punch through. No, but he's no. fine. He's good, trapped good, in there. Good, good, good for him. He can rage all he wants. He's staying there. <laughs> With his zero brain cells. Yep. So are you ready to whilst move? We, whilst we move up, Zinhorn's just going to sit down in the corner there and just take a moment since everyone else got to take a moment before. Yes, yes. Fair, fair. Zinhorn. I shall go and congratulate my skeleton minions on their fine work. <laughs> you congratulate your skeletons. And they just flash a look at the clay golem in the pit and then back at you and visibly shudder. Yes, I, I feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, room 44A. You step into the corridor, leaving this room, man. The corridor ends in a large door with a round mirror set into its surface. There are ten, there are eight circular indentations, each about an inch across, surrounding the mirror. 
presumably this is where you place the crystal eyes. Probably. Well, Alessandra will hand them out to whoever's putting them in the door and then immediately go invisible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Onyx, Onyx will hand over the two that he has. Yep, so who's going to be putting them in? The skeletons, I'm presuming? Yep. <laughs> Skeleton one warily steps forwards, takes all of the crystal eyeballs and begins to click them into place one by one into the indentation. When all eight eyes are in place, there's a flash of light as they all disappear. The door grinds open, revealing the room beyond. Should we have maybe taken a long rest? Too late now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You step through the door into the room beyond. Just move you all into place. I am still invisible. Yes. And staying invisible. Alessander is still invisible. Inside. Of course, that son of a bitch is here. Yes. Inside this room, (laughs) the first thing you see is the skeleton champion smiling at you, grinning with his elongated, rectangular, distorted, key shaped head beckoning you with a finger. As he beckons you, he turns around and flashes his bony backside, giving you the skeleton equivalent of a moony. Wow. Zenon just whips out the... (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the vault door grinds upwards, revealing a domed, candlelit room 50 feet high. The polished marble floor is so perfectly reflective that it creates the illusion of standing at the entrance to the sphere. Scattered along the mirror floor is what seems to be decades worth of the bones of tiny animals, rats, mice and other vermin, covered in huge teeth and bite marks, as if somebody has been feeding upon them. Nine alcoves filled with glittering treasure open up along the walls. In the middle of the chamber, a large spherical object hovers under a black silk drape, 20 feet above the floor. In Sir Lucian's head, impulsive Kabuzan says, Attack whatever's under that black drape! No warning, no negotiation! Might makes right! <laughs> so Lucian stands back just clasping his sword and he looks over at the spherical object that's under the black drape and then he shrugs and he says I think I know what's under there and I'm not going to provoke it thank you very much <gasps> he's learned <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile Bobbit you see the tiny eye stalk of Blinky poking out of your coat, stuck in the alcove at the very north end of the room. So, Can... I was gonna say, please a pointer, so this one up here, correct? Yes. Meanwhile, the skeleton champion continues silently mocking you, making rude hand gestures and dancing a jig where he stands. Well, can I? Yep. yep. Can I activate my orb of seeing? You can. <laughs> Wish to activate your orb of seeing, do you? 
Yes. Okay. You activate your orb of seeing. All that is hidden in the room is revealed to you. The first thing you see is that the black drape conceals a magical sphere of iron, six feet in diameter, and floating about 20 feet above the floor. Underneath the sphere, hovering in its shadow, watching you, is a single invisible beholder. He does not appear to be aware that you can see him. Also, you can see me now as well. Yeah. Yes. Do I see anything else? That's all you see. That's all I see. Well, I'm not going to say anything because if I say anything, it's going to hear. Yes, and it will And if I do anything, it's going to see me do it. Yes. I would like to start stealthing over towards my stuff. Yes, you'd like to stealth over Mm. towards your stuff. Please make a stealth check. That is a 17. 17. It's with advantage because I'm invisible as well. Yes, it is. I will now roll for the beholder. It's an 18. Oh, wait, no, what what were you doing? Rolling for the beholder. No, not you, Onyx. I was going to say, can I have ready reaction to cast a spell? Yes, you can. If the beholder moves. You can. Um... If the Beholder moves, I'm going to cast Hypnotic Pattern in a way that it hits both the Beholder and the Champion. The Beholder flails its eye stalks around, scanning the room, but it does not see Bobbit sneak past as it only rolls a 17 on its perception. Bobbit, you make it to the northernmost alcove. You see Blinky quivering with both fear and happiness as she sees you Hmm. approach. No, she doesn't see me well, approach, as, but she yeah, knows I'm she there because we're connected. As she, yeah, mm. as she feels you approaching. Okay, and this thing's got its back to me, correct? It does. Okay. Uh, be very quick for me to put this. Like this isn't like armor, so it'd be very quick for me to put stuff back on. Yeah, it? no, it'll, it'll, it'll. You can. It only takes an action to put it back on. So it's not armor. Good. Good. I will ready a reaction that the second anything looks like combat's starting, I'm going to put my stuff back on. Yep. Would anyone else like to do anything? What of the black sphere that hovers above the beholder? That is actually a good question. I'm behind everyone, so no one can actually see where I'm looking. (laughs) Yes. That's a problem for them. Oh. It is a problem. To th- well, it is a well problem spoken. I was going to say well spoken. Oh dear. Uh, Fucking Wonga. <laughs> yeah, Wonga's. Uh, uh, I, I like that both of us are very much acting in in respect to the our gods. Like yours is like, yeah, screw the other guys. No one cares. And all I've got is get the stuff. Get your stuff. Get your stuff. Get your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't... Um. What do I? I'm not knowing that this is most likely a place where we're going to be uh, attacked. He's going to step away from the groups. But <laughs> yes, uh, Zinhorn is standing far, is standing away from the group. So, uh, um, out in the hallway. <laughs> over over oh. here. Yeah, over, so. over there towards one of the alcoves. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, do, can we communicate behold- using the gods in our heads? If you only only if the gods purpose. want to communicate with each other and Wongo doesn't uh, want to. He doesn't Wong, want to tell Wongo, anyone. Wongo, <laughs> Wongo no want. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to cast Hypnotic Pattern. Oh. Okay, so Onyx, you see the Beholder watching Zinhorn move away, but not acting. Are you sure you want to cast Hypnotic Pattern? Well, something's going to fucking happen. Um, yeah. where, where is Zinhorn going? No, he'll wait and just ready in action as soon as yep. the Beholder... Yeah. ...does something towards anyone and it's not looking at me, I will cast. So, Bobbit, you're going to grab your stuff? That's the plan, yes. As soon as you lift your coat out of the alcove, the Beholder opens its mouth and it roars, WHO TAKES Balcor's TREASURE?! It turns around, fixes its anti-magic field directly on you, rendering you visible. I thought you said that counts as an ability. Does that count as an ability or magic? Uh, actually, no. The anti-magic field won't. Yeah, no, it won't work. You know, you're still invisible. It turns okay. around. It turns around and sees your sees you lifting your stuff out of the alcove. Sees what it now determines is its own treasure floating in the air, and renders itself visible. Looks menacingly at the party and says. Balkos will destroy all of you! Please roll for initiative. Well, at least I got my stuff back, guys. Yay! Five. Five. Twelve. Twelve. Twenty-one. I got my stuff back, one. everybody. It's all good. No, good 21. twenty-one. Oh, twenty-one. Oh, lovely. The uh, dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. And yeah, okay. I will roll for the beholder. Um, let's see. Uh, and by the way, you all get your reactions. I'm just rolling for the beholder first. Yep. The beholder gets twenty-two on his initiative. Eve. Um. Oh, I'm still invisible, and my stuff that's now on me should also now be invisible. Yep. It's... Anyone who prepared a reaction, you may go ahead and take the reaction. I have done so. so my stuff is back. Yes. Um, casting. Hypnotic pattern here. Yep. So anything within 30 feet of that sees a hypnotic pattern and has to make a uh, DC 16 wisdom save. Yep. So Skeleton Champion gets a 19 and the Beholder gets a 25. There we go, of course. Uh, Now we know that at minimum it has a plus 6. Yep. To wisdom saving throws. Yeah. Okay. Spell used. Okay. It is the Beholder's turn first. He starts his turn by floating off to the eastern side of the room, and then he extends one of his eye stalks and fires a telekinetic ray at the Iron Sphere, removing the black drape from it, revealing the Iron Sphere underneath. This Iron Sphere is enchanted with a Nistal's Magic Aura spell. And as soon as the drape is revealed, the Iron Sphere activates. Anyone who is holding or wearing a metal iron, uh, a metal uh, item, is immediately drawn to the sphere, like a like a giant magnet pulling metal towards it. I need everyone who is holding or wearing uh, anything made of metal to make a strength save, please. I think I'm good. My hat's not. Coat's not. You have tried it. That is a 
24. I don't have, no, Trident's in my, inside my coat. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, so they're not in this realm. All yeah. my stuff, all, any, any metal, any metal I have is in my coat, so. That is correct. I'm okay. I got 24. 24, yep. So, uh. 17. 17, Zinhorn, how did you go? 18. 18, so Zinhorn and Onyx are immediately pulled off their feet. They're flown across the room and slam roughly into the Iron Sphere, each of you taking 10 points of bludgeoning damage. You are also now held tight to the sphere, unable to move, and you are counted as restrained. So Lucian passes his save. Yeah. Okay. Lucky he has an extra strength. <laughs> yeah, but this could be a problem because. Hmm. It is now Ava's turn. Okay. I will be right back. Yep. Oh, and also the skeletons are all pulled into it as well. And. How the skeleton champion? Because wouldn't he have to roll as well? He does, but he passes his save. Uh, of course he fucking does. The skeleton, mm -hmm. your normal, your three normal skeletons are pulled towards the iron sphere. They take ten points of bludgeoning damage, which very nearly destroys them. Cool. So it's Ava's turn. Okay. Oh fuck! I can't cast magic on it, can I? Um, not if it's facing you. It, it's not currently facing you. It's pointing towards Bobbit. It's looking to the north. Yeah. Okay. No, um. And I'm yeah, gonna... the skeleton champion has a plus four on his strength, so he rolled 21. That makes sense. Okay, I'm going to uh, do a hunter's mark on it. On the beholder, yep. Um... So what I'll do to help is I will actually point uh, the direction that the anti-magic field is. Alright, um, yeah, I'm gonna Hunter's Market. Yep. And I will shoot at it. Yep, go ahead, roll. Uh, that is... 18 plus 10, so 28. 28, that is a hit, you may roll your damage. Alright, um, and I'm using the... Go ahead, yep. So that's an extra 1d8. So can I just do 2d8? Yeah, 2d8, go ahead. Go ahead, 2d8. Because it doesn't have any resistances, so it doesn't matter what damage type it is. There you go, 13 damage for that one. Yep. 13 uh, uh, damage. Plus, plus my hunter's mark, um, yep. which is 1d6. 1d6, yep. Plus my psychic damage. Which is three. Which is three. Okay, so yeah, uh, about twenty damage all up. Okay. And now my second attack. Yep. Uh, which I'm going to use an inspiration to reroll. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> which wasn't much better. Um, what is it though? Uh, eighteen. 18, yep. So that hits? Uh, that hits, yes. Go ahead, roll the uh, damage. So, I'm using a void arrow again. Yep. 2d8 plus 6. 
21. 21 points uh, plus of damage. My D6. Yep. Okay. Yeah. At the end of your turn, the Beholder uses one of his legendary actions. He fires an eye ray at you. Pew! You need to make Pew. a deck save, please. Dex. Oh, no. Um, that's fine. The DC is 16. I got a 10. A 10. Oh. Pew! His death ray hits you. Take 52 points of necrotic damage. Oh, I, I healed. <laughs> <laughs> it okay, is, that's not fun. It is now Zinhorn's turn. The anti-magic field is still pointing towards Bobbin. Well, at least I dealt a good, like, 40-something points did, of damage. You did, you did. That was a good chunk of damage. Let me know, just if I were to... Wild shape into say a giant scorpion. Yep. Would I now that I don't have metal showing? Would that yeah, you would drop off the spear. Yeah. You'd be fine. Cool. Nice. Then giant scorpion horn is going to make his way over to the yep. beholder. So you transform into a scorpion, dropping off the iron spear, landing on your arachnid legs, and then rush towards the beholder. And going to make three multi-attacks. Yep. Two with the claws and one with the stinger. Go ahead. So first attack is... Plus four to hit. Oh, that is a 21. That is a hit. Roll your damage. That is a... The eight plus two is five points of damage. Nice. Uh, the target is grappled. Yep. Needs to make a DC 12... Strength save? I'm guessing strength. Yep, because it'll, it'll be athletics or acrobatics. Um, he's going yeah. to... Well, it, it, to get grappled, to resist getting grappled, it's athletics. To escape, it's athletics or acrobatics. So he's going to make that. Yeah. That is a 14. Yep. Alright, so claw number two. Yep. Is also a 21 to hit. Yep. That's a hit. Roll your damage. And that is uh, 10 points of damage. And again, needs to do the DC 12. Yep. To escape. That is a 19. And then we've got the Stinger. Which is also a 21. I rolled 17 three times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a hit. Roll your damage. Um, and this is a D10, which, as you see this, oh, that's on the beam, okay. Uh, that is four plus two is, uh, six points of piercing damage. Lovely. With a constitution save. Yep, he's going to make his constitution save now. That is a 17. He does make it. Yep. Unfortunately. Okay, at the end of your turn, he's going to use another uh, legendary action and fire a an, an eye ray at Scorpion Horn. Pew! I need Scorpion Horn to please make a deck save. DC 16. Uh-huh. Okay. 
That is uh, six is eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. You take no damage, and you avoid the main effect of this ray. However, your your carapace starts to grow a dull grey colour as the effects of petrification begin to set in, and you are counted as restrained. Oh, that's bad. It okay. is now the skeleton champion's turn. He rushes over to Scorpion Horn, and he decides to cast, first of all, haste on himself. And Can then, a spell. Yep, hmm. alright, you're gonna. Uh, you can't counter spell. The anti magic uh, ray is right. facing God, you. Uh, I thought he would have moved when he went to go after Zinhorn. No, it's still, he's still facing his main hmm. eye in your direction. God damn it. It's just his stalks that are hitting. Yeah, it's well, stalks are hitting. Sorry, man. I so can't say I didn't try. He casts haste on himself and then goes in for his multi attack with his three attacks. So that is an 8, a 24, and a 16. The 8 misses the other two hit with yep. the 15 AC in so Scorpion. So you take 24 points of slashing damage altogether. Okay. It is now, I believe, uh, Ava's turn. No, wait, no, it's not Ava's turn, it's Alessandra's turn. Okay. Hey, quick question, Zinhorn. When you transform, does that get as a bonus action to... Yeah, it is. Like polymorph yourself? Uh, okay, that yeah. explains how you're able to attack. Damn. Yeah, because I, the... I am uh, circling yeah, the Yeah, okay, well, I was considering going into the were-tiger form, but that takes up a full action before... <sighs> Damn it. Indeed it does. Mm. How high up did you say the uh, roof was on this place? 50 feet. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. I am going to dash up because I'm right next to the wall where I'm standing. So I'm going to dash, go up the 50 feet and then 10 feet towards the beholder. Yep. So dash up and then 10 feet towards him, just getting out of his anti-magic field. Wonderful. Well, at least I can't do anything else, unfortunately, but at least I'm prepared for... The Beholder shouts, You are no match for Belcourse, the unseen eye rays! Pew! As he fires an eye ray at you. I need... Wait. How do you see me? I'm still invisible. Well, he still knows that you're... He knows that you're there. He's just going to have... <laughs> ...disadvantage if it... If he tries okay, to hit okay. you. Um, so... Right. Yep. So I need you, Bobbit, to please make a DC-16 deck save. Okay. That is a 22. You pass. You are not affected by the slowing prey. Hooray! Your, no slew for me. Your skeletons let go of their swords, dropping down into the floor below, and then they charge the skeleton champion. Hey, why not? <laughs> and let us see, that is... I cheer them on, but... Um, Two nat I... 20s and a miss. <laughs> oh, nice! They uh, which deal... one was the miss? I'm <laughs> uh, yes. sorry. Just, was just, the so I can hear us just... I just imagine the three of them go together going, Rattle them, boys! Yeah. <laughs> they wail on the skeleton champion with their fists and deal 
21 points of damage while Skeleton Damn. 3 just Skeleton 3 just looks up at where it thinks Bobbit is just <laughs> shrugging in embarrassment. Uh, uh, I, I like the idea of um, the two of them are just stomping on the third one's just like, you know, goes to try and get hits in, Car just gives up and just goes for moral support. <laughs> the Beholder is out of legendary actions. It is Onyx's turn. Okay. Onyx is gonna do something incredibly stupid, I guess. Oh, good. That means you don't have to, I don't have to wait for my turn. I am going to draw my adamantine sword Yep. Summon my shadow behind the Beholder so that it's holding the Adamantine Sword directly at the Beholder. Yep. And then instantly oh. swap places with it. Oh, good. Oh, that was a Okay. So, no, in the alcove. Ah, uh, in the alcove here, directly behind him, yes. Yeah, directly. So, so yep. Directly straight towards the yep. iron. And then you swap places with him. As soon as you take control of your shadow, please make a DC 20 strength save as Adamantine I still on metal. purpose. I oh, failed on purpose. Failed on oh, purpose. Ah, I so I you want to get, get pulled That's past him. through the beholder yes. towards the Yeah, iron. I like yeah. that. So you get pulled <laughs> through him, you may make an attack. Okay. Yeah. That's clever, I like uh, that. Is it technically with advantage because he's... Yep. Surrounded. It's with advantage. Cool. cool. Uh, that is an 18. An 18. That is a hit. Roll your damage. Okay, so that is uh, 2d6, I believe. 2d6. Uh, yeah, 2d6 for an adamantine greatsword. Uh, d6 and a d6. Uh, that is 8 plus... Uh, strength, 8 plus 4. Uh, so that's 12 points of damage. 12 points of damage, very well. Um, yep. And you are pulled once again into the Iron Sphere, taking 10 points of bludgeoning damage as you yep. join your shadow. Then like to action surge. Yep. And whack this Iron Sphere with my Adamantine Greatsword. Good. Go ahead, roll to hit it. That is an 18. That is a hit. Roll your damage and double it. Come on, good roll. That is 8 uh, plus 4, so um, 12, 12, so 20, 24. 24. You smash adamantine blade into the iron sphere, making a big crack in it, but not destroying it fully. However, you okay. feel the magnetic field beginning to slightly weaken. Uh, so that was, no, that was not my second wind. That was my action surge on my second wind. Uh, action surge is now down to zero out of one. Um, and then as my bonus action for this action surge, I'm going to uh, second wind. Yep, go ahead. And that is... Oh, God damn it. Uh, a six health back. Six health back. Better than nothing. Yep, better than nothing. Uh, and that's the end of my turn. Okay. And my AC at the moment is 17 because I don't have my shield out. Yep. It is the Beholder's yeah. turn. He points his uh, anti-magic sphere towards Onyx. 
<laughs> yep. It's destroyed <laughs> all three of Bobbit's skeletons. They immediately crumple to bones as uh, the anti-magic field hits them. In addition, uh, Onyx, the magnetic field of the Iron Sphere is temporarily disabled, and you drop down to the floor. You and your shadow both take 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Your shadow dissipates. Shit. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. Then, but I look up in the green. Yep. Then, Balcourse begins to fly around the room, getting an attack of opportunity from Scorpion Horn. Scorpion. Is a dirty 20. That is a hit. You may roll the damage. And it's a D10? the tail? I'm assuming I choose whichever. Yep. Like claw or stinger. Yep, you can choose whichever attack you like. So that is uh, 10 points of damage and a constitution save. Yep. Okay. Uh, he passes his con save, but that was some decent damage. The anti-magic field is still pointing towards uh, Onyx because he can only change it at the start of his turn. And the sphere is inactive. And then he shouts, You fight like flumps! And he fires an eye ray at... Uh, well, he can't fire it in the direction of Onyx. He fires an eye ray at uh, Ava again. Fuck you! Stop doing that. Ava, I need you to please make a DC 16 con save. Oh, the con saves are one of the worst. Yeah, I got uh, 19 plus 3. Yep, so you take 20 points of force damage from his uh, innovation ray. So you only take right. half. So you went down from 41 to 20. What? You went down from I'm down to 11. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> yeah, he was going to deal 41 damage okay. and you only took half, so... Um, okay, his turn is done. It is Ava's turn. Ava's going to use a bonus action <laughs> to take a supreme healing potion. Good yep. thinking. That's a good idea. Um, Solid plan. Which is 10d4 plus 20. So I get 43 hit points back, thank Um Just a sec. Alright, and now I'm going to uh, try and hit with the bow again. So... <laughs> that was only a 12. It's only a 12. Okay. Well, it's better than zero. <laughs> do I still get my extra? I do. You I do. Yeah. Oh, that was a nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a 30. Does a 30 hit? It does. <laughs> the innocence in that was... Sickeningly cute. Innocent, why not? It sounded innocent. It sounds innocent, but you know, goddamn, there is a cheesy fucking grin on the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Um, <laughs> oh, that was terrible. <laughs> you can How terrible. No, you can't do inspiration to redo that. Just say, uh, do I double all of the damage once it's all calculated? O only the weapon damage. Oh, well, that one's doubled then. That one's 16. Yep, 16. Um, now I'll do my d4. Oh, that was bad. And um, my hunter's mark. Oh my god! Oh my god! you <laughs> Oh, that's some fake propaganda bullshit. That is. That is fake propaganda. That was terrible. Literally. That's four ones in a row. Oh. Get him out of your system now. Get him out of your system now. Oh, dear. You still All have right, your next that. attack, so it's okay. Do oh, I? Well, you fucked. No, well, you're firing your bow, so that still counts as you still get an extra attack. No, I missed the first one. Oh, yeah, you one. missed. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So at the Although end... I could have used an in, in, inspiration point. I didn't declare it. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. At the end yeah. of the turn, uh, the beholder sneers. What ugly, imperfect creatures you are! And he fires an eye ray at Scorpion Horn. Scorpion. Who is directly in front of his... Yeah, actually, so no, he can't. So he fires an eye <laughs> ray at Bobbin. I need... Uh, oh, yeah, he's still wrong with disadvantage. It's fine. Yeah, I need Bobbit to please make a uh, DC uh, 16 strength save. Okay. And that's 16 exactly. 16 exactly. Yay. Thank you, Will. Tiger form. Yep, so you... you feel him pulling to pulling you towards him with his telepathic ray you manage to maintain your position and i also just read that on his turn when he fires eye ray he actually fires three eye rays after he hit ava he still gets two more oh. so i'm going to roll oh. them now so he's oh. going to fire one at sir lucian sir lucian fails his deck save and takes God. 55 points of necrotic damage he's still up no and then the third one, he fires at Bobbit. Bobbit, I need you to make a DC 16 deck save, please. I'm really annoyed with how he knows where I am when I'm still invisible and on the goddamn roof. Welcome That's to fine. my fucking life. Fine. <laughs> I was fine. The thing yes, is, I feel your pain. The yeah. thing is, all he has to do is fire a ray in your general vicinity and your saving throw. Is, determ is what determines whether it hits you. Since he doesn't have an attack roll, it doesn't matter that you're invisible. Fair enough. Well, that's a, that's a 16 exactly. That's a 16, okay. I'm scraping, scraping through by the skin of my ass, but we're getting there. You take half of this damage. You take oh, 25 points of force damage. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess... Does that mean I'm not invisible anymore? Uh, no, you're not invisible anymore, but it... Didn't now the skeleton champion could see you. Um, yeah, good for him. And at the end of Ave, well, yeah, he already fired. His, he already did his reaction. So now it is, is Scorpion Horn's turn. Well, since this coward ran away from me, I guess the only thing for me to attack is the uh, champion in front of me. Yes, the champion. So first multi-attack is. Uh, 18 plus 4, so 22 to hit. That is a hit. That does. 
a measly three points of damage, but they are nothing. Yep, he's he's making his strength save. That is a fourteen. All right, round two for the uh, claw is eighteen. Eighteen. That is unfortunately not a hit, as his AC is now twenty with haste. Okay, and time for some stinger. Yep. That is a natural 20. Ooh, That's better. nice. Roll yeah. and double it. And that is a d10. That is 8 times 2 is 16, plus 2 is uh, 18. 18, yep. And it needs to make a constitution saving throw. He does, and he makes a constitution save, and that is a five. So he then takes 10 of poison damage. Luckily, he's immune to poison, being a skeleton. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect, of course. So, it makes sense, but I'll so at Damn the, your bones. At the end of your turns in Horn, I need you to please make a DC 16 strength uh, dex save. Okay. That is 14 plus, uh, it's a dirty 20. Yep, okay, you are fine. The petrification does not fully take hold this turn, but you are still half Mm. petrified. We should probably do something about that. At the end of your turn, Balcor... So I saved the first one, it's still good. At the end of your turn, Balcor's, uh, actually he's not going to take a legendary action he's going to save it um it is now uh alice it is now the skeleton champion's turn actually yeah. so he is first going to cast blinding smite on you so he's going to attempt to hit you with his great sword that is a 21 yep that hits the scorpion okay so you take uh 21 points of slashing damage. Actually, no, you don't. I rolled the wrong thing there. You take 14 points of slashing damage, and you take additionally uh, 8 points of radiant damage, and you must make a con save, please. A con save. 14 plus 4 is 18. Yep, so you are not rendered blind. Um, he then goes in with his normal multi-attacks, that is a 7, a 12, and a 21. Um, 7, 12, and 21, so only the 21 hits. Yep, he slams his great sword into you, you take 10 points of slashing damage. It is now right. Alessander's turn. So what was the first round of damage, just because I... Oh yeah, the first round of damage was 12. Slashing damage. Twelve. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm currently no longer invisible. Kind of annoying. I really annoyed that I know that transforming into this goddamn werehog takes an entire action because that's going to just be my turn up on this roof, and I'd really like to get down there and help. What? Me. Yeah, so I don't use this damn thing enough. I am going to, yeah, now that I've actually been 
spotted and are no longer invisible, just going to be annoyed and goes, Son it, Bobbit, you're up. <laughs> and we'll go with him, we'll go in the wear tiger. Yep, so you transform into your wear form. <laughs> that is the end of your turn. Annoyingly, but of, yes. At the end of your turn, the beholder Wait. fires an eye ray at you. Uh, I was oh, going to say, can, can I move? Like, yeah. can, I, can I move so I'm like directly above it, where the beholder is? Oh, yep. Yep. Which means, yeah, well, if you're directly above him, you're not in the anti magic field, so he can still try to hit you. So, pew! Yeah. Fires an eye ray at you. I need you to make a DC 16 wisdom save, please. Oh. Why? Why do you do this? I'm going to use an inspiration point. Good idea. Because... Not that one. We'll use this one. That it, that's, that's 15. 15! You fall asleep. As the sleep rays... Am I rays still on the drive- roof? You fall off the roof, hit the ground, take ten points of bludgeoning damage. Well, great. Which then wakes you. Which then, which then wakes you up. That's great, but that that ruins my whole plan that I was going to have while I was up there. Yep, but you, you woke up at cool. least. You're not asleep. Uh, it is. Yeah. It is Onyx's turn. Onyx is going to. Run! Ah! Oh, fuck, it's a wisdom save, goddammit. Um. Is going to run up behind the beholder. Yep. Oh, wait, you are still. Oh, yeah, no, you're not attached to the sphere. It's being neutralized. Yep. Run up behind the beholder. Yep. Actually, uh, so that's 5, 10, 15, 20, 20, about 30. I would like to actually run around here. Yep. So I stuck it within its zone of influence, yep. so I and don't get the attack opportunity. Flanking it. Flanking it. I cast blinding smite on myself. Yep. So now you. And I'm going to hit this motherfucker. Go ahead. Because if I can blind him, but I highly doubt it. But all he needs is one shitty roll. Uh, that is an unnatural twenty. That's a hit. Roll your damage. Uh, so. Th- 3d8 uh, Okay, so I'm going to spend a sorcery point to re-roll my two twos. Yep uh, I just realized I've also got to roll my physical damage, but I went for the blinding straight away uh, Oh god damn, that was one Uh so that is six, nine, ten. So that's ten radiant damage. Ten radiant damage. Very well. Yep. Uh, I'm going Plus to how use much my. Was your, uh, how much was your actual attack? Yeah, I'm doing that now. Uh, yep. uh, great weapon fighting. I re-roll the ones and twos. So yep. I'm re-rolling the one that I got, which was a two, motherfucker. Uh, five plus four, so that's nine physical slashing damage. Lovely. Uh, and then have blinding... him just above half HP now. Nice. Uh, he has to make a constitution saving throw. Yep. He'll be blinded until the spell ends. He's going to try to make one. Con is plus four. That is a six. He fails. He's blinded. Hey, is that all of his eye stalks? Uh, only his main eye, which means it, uh, automatic blinded creature can't see, automatically fails any ability checks that requires sight. 
attack rolls against the creature have advantage. Okay, so the only part of this that applies to him is attack rolls against him have advantage. All of his eye stalks are indeed blinded, but he doesn't need to see you to attack you with them because they rely on saving throws. Yeah, but he just has to fire them. His anti-magic uh, field is still active. He just can't see where he's pointing it. That's fine. We can all get out of the way then. Yeah. Um, so this is concentration. I used all my movement to move. I've used my bonus action. I've used my action surge. Yeah, I am going to withdraw my shield. Yep. So I pull my shield out and just drop the adamantine sword because... Yep. Yep. Okay. Hiding behind my shield. At the end of your turn, he uses his final legendary action to fire an eye ray at you. Please make uh, a DC 16 deck save. <sighs> 17. 17, you are fine. You dodge his disintegration ray and take no oh damage. Oh, yeah. It is Sir Lucian's turn. Sir Lucian, who appears to have spent the last round completely terrified in awe of this beholder, seems to shake himself shake himself back into action. He draws his sword and shouts, It's Sir Lucian to you! As he charges oh the beholder <laughs> and rolls with advantage to hit it. That is a nat 20 on his first hit. <laughs> oh, wow, damn. So that is going to be uh, D8 plus uh, 10 now. That is, wow, uh, 34 points of damage on that hit. Bringing the Beholder, let me <laughs> work out my maths here, bringing the Beholder down to that much hit points. He then makes his second attack. D, 20 plus 13. That is a 26. Christ. D, <laughs> plus 10. He hits it for another 17 points of damage. The Beholder's looking a bit beaten, looking quite bloodied at this point. Okay. It is now the Beholder's turn. It is got. It wants to point its anti-magic field at Bobbit. I'm going to make it roll a wisdom save to be able to see if it knows how to point it in the correct direction or not. Right. Because it is blinded. That is a 9, so it points its, it points its anti-magic field right at Sir Lucian instead. Yeah. All it takes is a bad roll. Yep. <laughs> And then it lets loose with its eye rays. The first one at Onyx. Onyx, please make a DC 16 deck save. Oh, this dice's luck is going to run out soon. That's an 18. That's an 18. <laughs> you take half of the damage from his innovation ray. So that is 20 points of necrotic damage. Okay, so that brings me down to that. Uh, um... Did I take War Mage? Is that what I took? Warcaster? Uh, yeah, Warcaster. I think I... Mm. Yeah, I think you did. I'm pretty sure you said you did. Unless I'm thinking of someone else. I never fucking wrote it down, which is what's annoying me. So I don't know what I did take. Oh, no, I took Tough, so I didn't. So that's just a normal right. constitution save. 
You will uh, pay for blinding me, two-eyed two one! Well, I got a 19 on my constitution, which beats the save, so... Yep. I still have concentration. Yep. He fires another eye ray at you. Roll. <laughs> I need you to make a DC 16 deck save again. For fuck's sake! I believe in you. That's a 14. That's a 14. You take... Ah. Uh, inspiration. Uh, inspiration, please. Alright, go ahead, roll. Or is it too late? Oh, you didn't declare it, late, so, yeah. I, you take I okay. 68 points of necrotic damage I'm on dead. death ray. Okay. Oh, you die. You die, oh, you hit the ground, and no, as you, you, you die... You your god. Yeah, as you... You die more than anyone else. As yeah. your consciousness begins to fade away, as your body is taken over by overwhelming pain, you hear Wongo screaming, AVENGE ME! Make might right! And you are now on one HP. Woo! And he's, he's not blinded anymore. He's not blinded, but it's too late for him to shift his, uh, right, shift his anti-magic field. He fires a, another eye ray at Bobbit. Uh, Bobbit, I need you to please make a DC 16 deck save. Okay. That's a 17. 17. You avoid being petrified by his petrification ray, but your skin begins to grow stony grey. You are restrained as petrification starts to gradually set in. Oh. It is Ava's turn. I'll take you this. Ah, uh, greater mm. restoration. Shit. Mm. Alright, I'm gonna go in for some hand-to-hand. -hand. Yep, you rush up, you get advantage on him, because he's flanked. Not because oh, he's blinded. Uh, that is... Uh, 14 plus 9. That is a hit, roll your damage. Okay. Mark on him. He does still have the hunter's mark on him. Okay, so that was the first one. Yep. Let me see. Uh, that is 10, 13. Nice. Nice for the. It wasn't great. But it's still better than, better than nothing. nothing. Alright, now the offhand. Yep, go ahead with the offhand. And that is uh, 27. That is a hit. Roll your damage. Nine, that's Mark. Yep. So twelve all together. Okay. And last attack. 
You slam your sword into one of his eyes. He shrieks in pain. He looks looks like he's struggling to hang on. So make your final attack. And that is an 18. That is a hit. Roll your damage. Okay. So regular... Poison. Damage. So ten. And, uh, uh, mark. Ooh. Okay. He shrieks, but rather than anger, you sense could it be terror in his voice as you slash another of his eye stalks off with your sword. At the end of his turn, he takes a reaction. Fires an eye stalk right at Ava. I need Ava to please make a DC 16 con save. And that was a 18. 18. You avoid the effects of his paralyzing ray. Oh, and 18, sorry. Yes. It is now Zinhorn's turn. Zinhorn is going to drop Scorpion form. Yep. And then cast Mass Cure Wounds. Ooh, probably a good idea. A quick question. If he drops the Scorpion form, does the petrification go away from no, the... No, it's um... still there. Still there. Shit. I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's... Um, that is six and five and uh, so that is 16 plus 5 is 21 points of healing for everybody. Oh, much Yay. needed. <laughs> How, much How much is that, sorry? 21, 21 points for of everyone. healing for everybody. At the, end of your, <laughs> at the end of your turns in Horn, I need you to make a DC 16 deck save. That is a 17 plus 6. Thank you goodness I have some. You stave off the petrification. At the end of your turn, the beholder shoots an eye beam at you. Pew! I need you to make a DC 16 deck save, please. Alright, why do you do this? It is a 16 plus 6. 16 plus 6, okay. You take half of the damage that he deals out. That is uh, 22 points of necrotic damage from his innovation raid. It is now the skeleton champion's turn. For oh, no. his first move, he's going to use Branding Smite. He swings his greatsword at you, Zinhorn. That is a 23. He sees back up to 24. Yep, so he's unable to hit you, wasting his branding smite. Good. He laughs, I'm gonna get you! <laughs> As he reaches for his greatsword and goes in, that is a 20, a 21, and a nat 20. So only one hits. Okay. So you oh, take 36 points of slashing damage. Yeah. Glad I used that healing. It is now uh, Alessandra's turn. Okay, so what can I do while I'm restrained? Uh, you can't move unless you can't move unless you make an acrobatics or athletics check. 
uh, attack rolls have disadvantage, and that's it. Okay, well, I've noticed that the anti-magic ray is not pointed at me. No, it is not. And I just saw Onyx go down. So, Bubba is going to pull out her Wand of Magic Missiles, point it directly at him and go, You need to stop hurting my friends now, and fire a six-level Magic Missile directly into him. Yep! Pew, 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 pew! <laughs> go ahead, roll all the damage. Eleven, come on, big whammies. Forty points of force damage. Forty points of force damage. Want to know how much HP the Beholder had left? Thirty-nine. Twenty-nine. Welcome. <laughs> you blast him with your magic missiles. They slam into him, each into a different eyeball. He opens his mouth and tries to shout curses as each of them hit him. Bang! 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 Magic missiles continue blasting into him, reducing him into an inert mass of writhing tentacles. He hits the ground and... with a scream yep. and dies. There's only the skeleton well, as... champion left. I was going to say, as I uh, gaze upon the mass that's there as a because technically I still have a bonus action or yes, a reaction to talk. <laughs> Bobbit's going to pull out Blinky, point to the mess and goes, Dindin's Blinky. Blinky just smiles and zooms towards the dying beholder, her mouth open wide. <laughs> well, it, that's all I can do. Yep, it is the Actually, end. wait, no it's yep, not. No I, it's not, you can run towards Skelter Champion if you want. No, because I'm in my Tiger form. Yes, I still are. have another... Okay, well, you I'm just going to do some extra badics to move, or... Yep. Are we now released because it's dead, or...? Ah, uh, no, so the yes, petri petrification... Ah, uh, yeah, the petrification is over. So you oh. don't need an acrobatics, oh, you can just run straight oh, up good. to it. Yeah, please do, please do. You charge straight I've, for the skeleton. Because I've gone champion. more than 20... I was going to say, and it's because I've gone more than... More than 20 feet? Yep. Where's the dim? Yeah, yeah, because I've gone more than 15 feet straight towards a creature, and I'm going to try and see if I can use a pounce on him. Yep. Then I was just looking as he, she, <laughs> as he sees yeah. the wet tiger coming over, just a big grin comes on his face. <laughs> I'll eat the swamp roll, because that's a 20. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, obliterates the goddamn beholder and then just sprints straight at this thing. So that's going to be a melee attack, so it's going to be with my stiff. Because I have that back, yep. thank god I missed you. Um, where are we at, Mr. Stuffy Stuff? That's going to be... 6 plus... Yeah, that's going to be... 12 points of bludgeoning damage as this thing oh, just swings nice. into the side of him. Plus you get an extra attack and you bounced. Yes, I do. Uh, actually, no, yes, the, the target yes. has to first um, make a DC... Uh, what does it say for pounds? Da, 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 da. DC is going to be 16. His save was 14, so you pin him and to the yeah, ground. No, just... Okay, now what the hell is my damage for biting him? That's a good question. I don't think I have that. Uh, let me look that up. Let down. me look up what the weird is. Uh, attack rolls for the natural weapons are based on bite, strength. Bite is a... Okay, so yeah, it's based on strength to hit him, but the damage for your bite is 1d10 plus 3. Oh, good. And 
Well, fuck me, I like this dice. That's another net 20. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm terrified now. So 1d10 plus 3 doubled. Oh, good lord. That is... Uh, you said 1d10 plus 3, so that's yep. 8 times eight. 2, so that's 16 points as I basically try to rip his stupid T-shaped head off his shoulders. He's going to make a con save. That is a nine. He contracts lycanthropy from yeah, your bite. No, fuck you. <laughs> but it's a skeleton. How can he even do that? If he was not a skeleton, he contracts it. Luck, I was just going to say, but because he's a skeleton, doesn't do anything. You don't get shit. Yeah, so he's fine. He doesn't so get it. Um, and so he's still not prone, though. He's still not prone. He struggles. Ah! Ah! Get off me! Ah! And it is the oh, end. Just, I think it just growls at him. It just growls at him. It is the end of Bobbit's turn. It is Onyx's turn. Onyx is just from where he is going to cast a second level uh, magic missile yep. at him. So that's 5d4. Yep. 1, 2, 3, 4. Uh, oh, where's my fifth one? I know I have you. There you are. That is three, five, seven, nine, twelve points of damage. Oh, nice. It is now Sir Lucian's turn. Sir Lucian, gripping his sword, shouts, I don't think you heard me! That is Sir Lucian! Scuttlebutt! And he runs towards the skeleton champion. Rolls to hit. Rolls a nat 20. Fucking hell! Deals 38 points of damage to the skeleton champion. Oh. And crushes him beneath his sword. The skeleton champion shouts, We shall meet again! One last <laughs> As his body oh, so it fades. Just <laughs> yep. As he fades away, Alpha just yells at him, going, Baba doesn't care! <laughs> <laughs> As his body fades away into dust, leaving behind the key shaped skull. <sighs> so Lucian sheets his sword. He looks over at you, Bobbit. He says, Let that tell you that the Scuttlebutt's name is one that would be a privilege to adorn anyone's birth certificate. Hmm. Bob just gives him a really hard pat on the back and goes, Bob, it's proud of you. You're getting better. And you didn't die this time. Oh, <laughs> right. Onyx, are you okay? <laughs> yes! Which god did you lose? The only one I had. Which is Wongo. Oh, oh yeah. That guy was a jerk. Hmm? Oh, God, we need to strategize more. We... <laughs> hey, that oh, went better than I expected. Who knows what happens with when plans happen? Xenon just runs in the what, other direction. What, what, I was going to say, what did we learn today? No plan well, survives we... the initial contact. <laughs> we plan around your inaction to plan. <laughs> What's that? You've, we understand that you've made a plan, so we shall plan around your plan, and you shall in turn plan around the plan that we plan around your plan. I feel that... I feel that perhaps... We need some more fitting music, considering you guys actually won that fight. So here is some... How's Blinky? 
Oh, oh, please, yeah. Happy, happy. Oh, victory uh, I don't want to be that dick, but is the iron ball suddenly active again? Nope. When the beholder oh, died, the enchantment on the iron ball deactivated. The iron ball detaches from its spot on the roof, falls and lands with a great thump as it tears into the stone floor, sending cracks across the room. Onyx grabs his adamantine sword and just keeps whacking it until it's broken. Whack, 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 and smash! You cleave the ball in two, and then with another great swing, smash it into pieces. Simon's going around the room looking at the archives. Yes. Mm, yeah. Once I've done that, then I'm also going to yeah. the gym. You, know. you go one way, I'll go the other one. Actually, no. You guys, yeah, yeah, you guys do that. Bob, it's going to check and see how Blinky's holding up. Yeah. <laughs> Belcor's the Beholder is dead. And as you move over to take a look at him, Bobbit, you see Blinky already having eaten away one of the ice stalks, looking up at you, smiling, her own ice stalks jiggling with pleasure as she smiles, bearing her blood-stained teeth and moves on to the main eye, lifting up the great eyelid and pulling it over herself, becoming nothing more than a moving, gyrating bulge underneath the beholder's folds of skin, feasting upon the main eye. <laughs> Imagine Bobbit just kind of sticks her finger in the goop and tries it for five seconds, like, Ew, no wonder Bobbit didn't try to eat you. Is all the mold... As Sorry. You, as you look around, <laughs> yeah. you look out... As you look around, the purple mold begins to shrivel and die away until it is reduced to nothing more than a fine purple dust. Yay. Neat. In the <laughs> alcoves, you find 5,000 GP, Ooh. a clay chameleon statuette covered in crystal beads that changes colours. It is worth 250 GP. Who's telling people are counting this all up? Uh, hold on. 5,000. 5, yep. <laughs> a, a, uh, a, a, a clay chameleon statuette covered in crystal beads that changes colours. 250 GP. A gold coronet shaped like an octopus with mother of pearl eyes. It is worth 1,000 GP. Damn! What appears to be a single tiny black sphere emanating strange magical powers. May make an arcana check. Okay. That is a 21. Never it mind. is a single <laughs> bead of force. This small Beautiful. black sphere measures three quarters of an inch in diameter and weighs an ounce. You can use an action to throw the bead up to 60 feet. The bead explodes on impact and is destroyed. Each creature within a 10-foot radius of where the bead landed must succeed on a DC-15 dex save or take 5d4 force damage. A sphere of translucent force then encloses the area for one minute. Any creature that failed the save is trapped within the sphere and cannot escape it. Oh, wow. Okay, that's... That's... That's some power. In addition, cool. I would like someone to please roll a d20. I can do that. That's a 17. A 17. The last item you find in the alcoves is what appears to be... 
me to see if that actually appears before I have to look it up. No, it appears. It's what appears to be a lantern, hand-held, but covered in bizarre, occult-looking carvings. Please make an arcana check to identify it. Well, I'm my step back so I get my regular... That yep. was a uh, 21. 21. Uh, 25. It is a ghost uh... lantern. A rare, wondrous item requires attunement. A restless spirit is trapped inside this lantern. While holding the lantern, you can command the spirit as a bonus action to shed light in a 30-foot radius and dim light for an additional 30 feet. While holding the item, you can use an action to order the spirit to leave the lantern and duplicate the effects of the mage hand spell. If you fall Ooh. unconscious within 10 feet of the lantern, the spirit emerges from it, magically stabilizes you with a touch, and then returns to the lantern. The spirit Damn. is bound to the lantern and can't be harmed, turned, or raised from the dead. In addition, you may spend an action once per day to cause the spirit within the lantern to cast a Dispel Good and Evil spell. Ooh. Wow. Ritzy. And a Dispel Good and Evil spell will, will surround and protect you from fey, undead, and creatures emanating originating from beyond the material plane for one minute. Not that's, allowing them to harm you or touch you. That's going to be useful. So... Is Aserak technically not from the material plane? Well, he's from a material plane, not this one. He's from Oi. That's the land yeah. of Greyhawk. It's called Oi. You know, okay. like a okay, sorry, I thought, I'm sorry, I just, I'm sorry, I just, I just thought like you, you know, like cat jumped up or something. You went oi. No, no, no. It's 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 oi. As, as in a New Yorker oi. pronouncing the word er, oi. That's but fun. more importantly, Aserek as a lich is an undead. Undead. Uh, oh, that's just some power. I was looking for something to swap out my orb of seeing. Uh, it, it, it has proven itself that I need to keep it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I've taken the beta four, so you're most welcome to take this, uh, I'm kind of good with my current, um, tuned items. Yeah, me too. Yep. Okay, so by... Has to take this. So Sir Maybe... Lucian will take it if no one else wants to take it. Uh... Uh, yeah, either he can take it or I'll take it just before we get to the final fight and attune to it before the final fight. Very well, so no one will attune to it at the moment. Yeah. Not this day, but this um, day yeah, day. I'll take it. Um, so what's it called? Ghost Lantern. Ghost Lantern. Yeah, my friends. I will send <laughs> you the uh, thing because I have slightly altered it, so I'll send you the stat block for it later. Okay, yep. No um, Thank you. Okay, and with that... You all level up to 10th <laughs> level. Yay! As you uh, well, have. Eight, eight and two. Yeah. As you have completed level three Jeez. of the Tomb of Annihilation, the Vault oh, of God. Reflection. Screw next this level! Time, next time, we press on further to level four, the Chambers of Horror. Oh, fuck off. Of course it is. <laughs> oh, so he's the chamber, I'm like, oh, I would be really happy. Because like, the chamber oh, of oh, God. 
we need that yeah, one. Yeah, why could have been the Chamber of Secrets? That's, that's much more fun. I don't know why. <laughs> why? And with that, this week's episode concludes. Thanks. Thank you to everyone who joined us today to see the party's desperate victory there against Valkors the Beholder. We hope you'll join us again next week as they press further into the tomb and reach level four, the second last level of the dungeon. Mm. And see what horrors are there befitting its name. We'll be All back. All of them. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow for some Call of Cthulhu. But until then, when you see the invisible beholder, make sure you strategize. I'm so glad that I can strategize again now. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.